First round shocker in tonight's live draft. Where will Tyreek Hill be selected in tonight's proceedings? And can the Joes keep the title on their side as we begin our pick-by-pick coverage? Follow along with the live draft board tonight and listen to our live analysis as we call the action from the 2019 FFPC Pros vs. Joes No Pain League Number 1 to see who will win a 2020 FFPC main event team. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Where's the music, Balky? No music, Balky? <laughs> no, if you're not a normal listener, this is where the rap music currently comes in. Most of the time, right? Live and heard around the world. You are now listening. Your hands, everybody. You got what it takes. Cause I'm taking your reps. Your hands, everybody. <laughs> well, normally I'd say thank you, Rob, and greetings and salutations. But Rob, that was a piss poor job, and we're off to a great start here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, it's okay. So, so what happened, um, Dave? Is what happened is we had some internet uh, issues here. Yes, sir. And now we are uh, we're going good. Let's see. There was a storm in the area, and the internet is actually technically still out here. One of the worst storms ever uh, in northeast Wisconsin here in, oh, really? in recent memory. Oh. And um, we are we're we're kind of roughing it. So bear with us as we uh, my Verizon MiFi. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's not bad. Uh, no, and it's fine. And we've we've done shows actually off this MiFi pack before. So we'll we'll be we'll be uh, right and tight for you for the next two hours here. Welcome everybody to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Footballer presented by MyFFPC.com. Welcoming all the Volcaholics, all the Grizzakin addicts. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Tonight we have the first of six special episodes for you. It is the Pros versus Joe's No Pain League Number One Draft tonight, and we'll be covering it for you for the next two hours. You can follow the live draft board. It's 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 a it's tough because it's we're not on YouTube tonight, but there is a live streaming draft board link that I actually tweeted out. If you're listening in the uh, Blog Talk Radio chat room, uh, the link is in there as well, so you can check that out. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak, Facebook.com slash HSFFHour, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OBA. If you uh, have any questions, uh, give us a call. Email them to highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com, and we'll do our best to get to them uh, throughout the broadcast tonight. Producer and mutual friend Rob, audio engineer and best friend Bryce, working very hard on the show tonight. A reminder for all of you FFPC main eventers, tomorrow is deadline day for the early draft slot announcement. When you pay for your team in full, you'll get your draft slot 
uh, July 29th. And remember, if you already have a team, you'll get $350 off each additional team you add on. So square those balances away at myffpc.com and start plotting your way to a half-million-dollar grand prize in this year's main event uh, all the way in, in July. Uh, you don't have to wait till August to find out where you're drafting. Let's get into uh, tonight's uh, contestants as these 12 uh, players will be competing for a 2020 FFPC main event team, six Joes, six pros. Here is what we have leading things off from Roster Watch. It's Alex Dunlap, former guest of this show. Ryan Poole is, uh, is drafting second tonight. From NFL.com, it is Graham Barfield in the three spot. Jay Reed and Scott Connor, two more former guests of this show. They're hitting cleanup tonight. Gary Davenport from BleacherReport.com is fifth. Uh, again, another former guest of this show. I, we have a... Well, Yep, we've, not, done, not we've done a lot of shows. We, we've done a lot of shows. I'm just looking at this. I thought every all the Joes were, have been on the show before, but they haven't. Uh, Kimmer Schlischer is uh, picking six tonight. Mike Taglier from Fantasy Pros right behind her at seven. Rich Lane, you actually just heard him on this show a couple of weeks ago. He's uh, drafting eighth. Sam Lane from FSStatistics.com. Ninth in the ten hole, it is Stephen Hutcherson and Lou Tranquilli, another former guest of the show. Davis Maddock from the Roto Experts is 11th. And then Troy Wells and Nick Trice bringing things up for the entire draft at the 12 spot this evening dave we are uh into round two already so let's kind of recap what we've seen thus far in round one uh dunlap leads things off with christian mccaffrey i know you like that pick uh saquon barkley uh, to ryan Poole at number two no surprise there graham barfield actually goes with ezekiel elliott at three and alvin Kamara goes to reed and connor at uh at the four spot tonight the first tight end comes off the board tonight in this tight end premium format. It is Travis Kelsey getting one and a half points for every catch he gets for Gary Davenport this year. DeAndre Hopkins, the first receiver off the board, saw some news today that he actually might be opening on the uh, active pup list uh, when training camp begins for Houston, Dave. Would that, it, it certainly didn't scare Kimmer Schlischer away from uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Is that uh, something that would scare you away, knowing that Hopkins is not going to be a full go when training camp begins? Uh, give me pause. I did not read the whole news story, so I can't. No, okay, it's, it's not a huge deal, and I'll answer it for you because I know how you would answer it. The answer is no. It does not give you pause. Well, I didn't read about it. So well, I'm just can't answer for me. No, I'm answering for you. I, I will tell you right now. Well, this is um, well, no, because I, it'd be better coming from your lips, but it's it's okay. I will um, I will be the uh, ventriloquist here for that question. He's off my board. He tore now. ligaments off his shoulder last season, had surgery on it, and he's going to be on the active pup list to start. So when is he, is, he going to start practicing? Is the question. I did not see any report in there. So. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, if he doesn't, if he's not practicing within the first couple of weeks of camp, yeah, he is going. Well, to no, play. but if you're drafting tonight, so you would not have taken him at six tonight, then. Well, possibly Dave. not. I'm just looking at the article now for the first okay. time. Okay. All right. It's a maybe you, a little concerning. Okay, you go through that article. I'm going to take everybody through the rest of the first round. Mike Taglier takes David Johnson, the running back out of Arizona, at seven. Michael Thomas is the second receiver off the board to Rich Lane tonight. Nick Chubb goes to Sam Lane uh, as the number six running back off the board, I believe. Yes, Sam Lane from FS Statistics begins his quest for a 2020 main event team with Nick Chubb. And then a trio of receivers end round one here, Dave. It is Julio Jones. It is uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. And then it is Devontae Adams going uh, to the FFPC Joes, uh, Troy Wells, and Nick uh, Trice there to complete round one. Um, I don't think anything stands out to me, I, I guess, is from an ADP standpoint, as, as I look at round one. I think Nick Chubb would probably be the biggest thing. He normally goes at the 205 
Um, but certainly if, if you want to get your guys, uh, it, there was a case of, of what we saw that, you know, in this draft tonight. And, and, um, and, and certainly Nick Chubb uh, was a, a premium there. Now, did you read the article, Dave? Yeah, it didn't give a whole lot of information. So is that good or bad? I mean, it's, you know, the thing is Hopkins isn't like – he's not like he's that much better. And I say better, I mean projected to score more points than Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Julio, or Beckham, in my opinion. I mean, they're all – a lot of them projected in that 300-point range. I, I don't. So my point is, first of all, I probably would have taken David Johnson at one pick later. I just, just my preference. I like David Johnson this year. But if I was going receiver, I mean, could he could have, you know, he or she? It was Kimmer this time. Could have gone, and she loves the Saints. She could have taken Michael Thomas. Right. So. Yeah. Exactly. But that's all right. I mean, you know, Kimmer knows what's going on. So. She does. Nah, no, no question. Uh, I, I, I won't question that. Okay, let's move on to round two here, Dave. And we have uh, it is James Conner leading things off at the 201 to, uh, tonight to Wells and Trice. Uh, Odell Beckham to Davis Maddock from Roto Experts. So he goes receiver, receiver to begin his draft. Tyree Kill. We were wondering where he would go. He goes at the 203 three tonight to Hutcherson and Tranquilly. Uh, now over the last three days, which I think we're in the safe, we're in the safe zone there with, with Tyree kill over the last three days, right? This news came out Friday morning. Uh, yeah. He or hasn't th- done, he hasn't done anything. No, but I, but I mean, all the drafts we've had have that th- this has all been post Hill news. Um, and he goes on average at the two ten, as high as the one Oh nine, but on average at the two ten, I expect that to climb, right? Maybe, maybe not. You know, okay. All right. Are you at all concerned about Tyreek Hill as far as um, the, the fact that the Chiefs might be looking to trade him, or do you think that's sort of a negotiating ploy that they put that out there? You know, I don't, I don't see them trading him now. You know, they were, I, I saw the, the rumors or whatever. Uh, I think maybe – I just don't see that. I just don't see that happening. Okay. Uh, moving on. From I mean, who's going to pay up? For, you know, there's still a controversy. I would think somebody Hill. would. But, I mean, I mean, there's still a little bit of a controversy. Who's going to pay – you know, who's going to pay – Pay the premium that you would, you know, pay for an elite receiver. Right. When I don't, I just don't think that's the. I don't think that they're going to pay that. An NFL team, I don't think they're Had the Raiders not gone after Antonio Brown, I could have seen them making that move for Tyreek Hill. Maybe if the Redskins had any assets, they they would do that as well. Or the Bengals. I mean, that they're no strangers to uh, having anybody of that ilk on their team. So I could have seen that as well. But I mean, again, you know, you're still classifying. I don't know. I don't want to get into this too much, but I mean, you're classifying Hill as if he did this seriously bad thing. He did just to remind you, he did not get suspended. And, and when you look over the whole thing, there's actual discussion that she framed him in the right. original thing in the first place where, you know, so this guy almost, he could almost not have any flaws other than picking a very bad person to go out with and, and have kids with. Regardless of whether you think he was innocent or guilty, there is that stigma that, and I think that's what you're trading. Is, Which you're reinforcing. You're trading for, well, but no, but th- this is what your fan base will come after you with. If you care about your fan base, this is, this is the problem that a lot of them will have with them. Now, regardless of if it's warranted or not, I, that's the issue for teams trading for him very true, um, very if, true. if he ends up getting moved, which we don't think he will be. Okay, Delvin Cook at the 204 to Sam Lane. Zach Ertz is the number two tight end off the board tonight to Rich Lane to pair with Michael Thomas. Mike Taglier starts off excuse me, running back, running back, David Johnson, and then Todd Gurley goes at the 206 tonight in this best ball format. Le'Veon Bell to Kimra Schlisher uh, to go with her DeAndre Hopkins, followed by Melvin Gordon to Gary Davenport to pair with his Travis Kelsey. Now, Melvin Gordon, this, this potential holdout thing, uh, would that not – you weren't really drafting – you've never really been a huge Melvin Gordon fan, if I'm remembering correctly, Dave. 
That's true. I, somehow I ended up with him on my Carrington team uh, via trade, but that was made late in the evening at some point. I'm not sure how that happened. <laughs> there, there might have been uh, some enhancers. I don't know what happened, but play. somehow he's on my team. I don't really like it. Yeah, I've never, I don't think Gordon's like the most super talented back. Uh, so, yeah, I, he's never been a person I've really targeted in general. But, I mean, at this point, you know, you know, mid-second round, you know, when normally he'd been going 8, 9, 10, I think that's a pretty nice value. Yeah, to uh, bring up his ADP here real quick, Melvin Gordon on average at the 204, so not really that big of a stretch for Gary Davenport, um, but certainly he might look at it as a good value pick there too. Uh, speaking of value, Joe Mixon, a guy I've seen at the end of the first round in quite a few drafts by a lot of high-stakes players, sure. he falls to a couple of high-stakes players here at the 209. Dave. Joe Mixon... Uh, is the second running back drafted by Reed and Connor there as they get him to go with Kamara. I think that's excellent value. Uh, They're mixing normally going at the 202 in drafts. Le'Veon Bell, too, two picks earlier. Where is he going? Like ten, I've seen him going up like 8, 9, 10, 11 in a lot of drafts. He has been going up. Le'Veon Bell normally 109, so that was pretty good value there. He's gone as high as the 105 over the last three days in I mean, FFPC best balls. Dude, you get like 10 picks of value from the first to the second round is nuts. I mean, that's the same with Mixon, too. That's pretty crazy. Let's wrap up the uh, second round here. George Kittle uh, at the 210 to Graham Barfield, Mike Evans to Ryan Poole at the 211, and then the final pick of the second round, it's Damian Williams to go with Christian McCaffrey for Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch. Let's go over to the phone lines right now. We got somebody from the 616 on with Dave and Balky. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Who are we speaking with? Uh, Bill Nowitzki. Well, how's it going, Bill? What do you think of the action tonight? Oh, I love it. So far, so good. Uh, I was kind of surprised with the Chubb pick, but um, hey, that's all right. I mean, you ain't going to get him on the turn. So, um, My you... question for you guys this year that nobody's really talking about, and I don't know why, um, I watched the guy play in college. I think he's like a super sleeper where he's he reminds me of Damian Williams when he runs, but maybe even better. But his name's Bruce Anderson from Tampa. And everybody don't give this guy a shot. When I look at their starter, Barber, he's not a very good running back. I can't see them going with him at all. And then Ronald Jones, I really didn't like him in USC, to be honest. And this guy goes out and picks up his running back. And nobody says anything about him. He's getting undrafted. What do you guys think about Bruce? Bruce. Well, first of all, yeah, Bill, appreciate the, the phone call from you. Thanks so much for calling in. And I'm glad you brought this up because he's been kind of – it's hard to be a polarizing player uh, as late as Bruce Anderson is going. But he has – you know, he, he always raises a few eyebrows in the drafts. I'm, uh, you know, f- facilitating for FFPC players anytime he goes off the board. I've seen him go in the single digits before. It's been rare. Um, but he has uh, gone single digit what single digit rounds Bruce Anderson Shut up. yes in football guys drafts come on I'm serious the ninth round yes bullshit and, you have to show that and, to me I, well, I don't remember I don't remember when it was it was it was a draft from probably like three weeks I ago but I remember I think it was Hubbard he's lying David Hubbard said something like <laughs> you guys are crazy with this Bruce Anderson stuff or something like that after right. the guy made the well, pick that's a little bit of a one off where's he um, normally going like. Normally the 23rd round of FFPC best ball. Yeah. This is a guy that has gone as high as 17 or 17th round uh, over the last three days. And I think for me, the biggest issue I have not necessarily is opportunity there because I think the two guys in front of him are, are going to allow him to, to get a decent look. I guess for me, it's pedigree, Dave. This is a, a guy that a lot of teams passed over in the draft. And regardless of what you think about the running back position, it's just hard for me to get on a, on board 
with a player like this and expecting big things from him, uh, even in a, a situation where he has a pretty good opportunity when he just really, you know, he hasn't sold the NFL teams on his talent. Well, I don't, I don't think a, the, I don't think the coaching staff is going to give him the shot to start, to be honest with you, because they're still looking at Jones. They still have Peyton Barber there. So I just don't see them as giving him the opportunity in redraft. Like he may be a super talented. He may be the best back on the roster, uh, but that may not show itself until next year. Or, you know, again, barring injury, the running backs get hurt all the time. So there's always a chance he goes, he, sh- he shines on. Yeah, well, I will see where he goes tonight. I mean, he obviously will go tonight, but it'll be interesting to see who scoops him up I mean, as, as a potential flyer late. If he's crushing preseason and Jones is terrible again, I mean, then, then maybe that happens. Who knows? Damian Williams is the final pick of the, of the second round, Dave. We left off there. And I do want to ask you about him because Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid and, and everything I've read and heard coming out of, uh, of the Chiefs uh, camp has been that this guy is going to be their number one. He is going to be their bell cow. And yet, for whatever reason, FFPC drafters are a little hesitant to draft him, a starting running back, on one of, if not the most elite offense in the NFL in the first round. He continually falls to the second. He goes in the third a lot. Uh, is this Damian Williams, is he going at the right spot right now, or, or should he be going higher? You know, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting question because he's not – he's an older back. He broke out as an older back. He's a, not a pedigree player. But you have, like you said, you have the system. You have Reed, who likes to use one running back. They always throw to their running backs. They're going to score a ton of points. I, I, I think you have to kind of, you know, bite your tongue and take the shot. Take, you know, yeah. take, a, take a risk on Williams. When you look at him compared to, uh, you know, the other backs that go in front of him, in front of him are all – they're more pedigree backs, first of all. Yep. And they all can still pretty much catch passes. I'm looking at all of them. I don't see a single one that's not really a decent pass catcher. I mean, Nick Chubb, I think, would Chubb, be the, yeah. the, the only guy close to that conversation. There you go. Chubb is, Chubb is actually probably the one. But then I think so. that's the thing is I think Williams is almost at breaking point where it's like people take pedigree and the pass catching skills and they're like, you know, the, the three down bat and uh, they discount Williams because he's not the pedigree player. And I think that's why he falls beneath like Mixon, you know, Gordon, Bell, Gurley. Uh, Dalvin Cook and so on, but it's not like they have they didn't invest significant assets uh, to that position either. I mean, they signed Carlos Hyde, who's kind of an also ran at this point. They picked up two undrafted free agents, one guy in the sixth round. You know, it, 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 to me, like this is and they signed him to an extension. It wasn't and, a big yeah. one, but it was a little. You know, it was, it was something. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think, and also, th- this is where they have their window, right? I mean, they. They've got Mahomes on a cheap contract. They have their starting running back on a cheap contract. So I mean, this is this is kind of like their Super Bowl window, so to speak. So I think that I think that they're if they're thinking about this like similar to a fantasy owner where they're using salary cap, they're really being cheap at running back, which is smart because they can get production out of Damian Williams. I owned Williams in one of my Kentucky teams last year in the stretch. He was fantastic. Yeah, he was. Yeah, a lot of people owned him last year. Love and life. Uh, first three picks in the third round, Dave, are all receivers. Antonio Brown to Alex Dunlap, who actually did start off his draft with McCaffrey, Damian Williams, and Antonio Brown. That's fun. Uh, Prestige Worldwide's Ryan Poole takes Keenan Allen to 302, and then T.Y. Hilton, never far from the turn, as he goes to Graham Barfield from NFL.com as his number one receiver. Uh, rainbow start there for Barfield, running back, tight end, receiver. Aaron Jones at the 304 to Reed and Connor. Uh, and then more receivers here, Dave. Amari Cooper to Gary Davenport, Adam Thielen to Cameron Schlisher, and then A.J. Green to Mike Tagliere. Uh, three straight receivers there. The one I want to talk about is the one who went at the 305 to Gary Davenport. Amari Cooper crushed it last year once he got to Dallas. How nervous are you about him 
in a run-first offense uh, that, that has a, an above-average offensive line and a really good Pro Bowl running back there? Are you concerned with soaking a mid-third-round pick into Amari Cooper knowing that he may not get the type of targets that some of the other guys that are going around him are going to get? No, I'm not really concerned about that at all. Um, we look at Amari Cooper's surrounding cast. He's got Jason Witten, who was announcing last year, and terrible, right. terrible job at that. Uh, he's got you know Gallup. Uh, who's his slot receiver now? Is it? I mean, Beasley's gone. Beasley's in Buffalo. Some turd. I mean, we don't know who the who this is. So really, he's going to command all the targets really at receiver. Not all of them. You get my point. He's going to command a ton of targets. Versus the guy next to him, Adam Thielen, has to deal with Stephon Diggs. AJ Green has to deal with Tyler Boyd. T.Y. Hilton actually has to deal with some, some talented players. I mean, he's got two great tight ends, well, two pretty good tight ends with Ebron and Doyle. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that Cooper's one of the players where you can be at least assured that he's going to get his 130-plus targets. Yeah, Amari Cooper, I think, is, is a guy that, um, we, you know, sometimes we overlook because of his slow start to his NFL career. But certain – go ahead. He had a super fast start to his NFL career. He was a really young player. I, I'm, I'm talking about one bad year, that one really bad year. Right? Really? Black, I, I feel like he, except for that one year, he's just been underwhelming. Uh, I mean, he, there's that, and again, you, a person like a Jake Rickroad could probably throw these out for you, but there's like Randall he, Cobb is the slot guy in Dallas. Yeah, right. Now. I should know that. But I mean, like Amari Cooper has stats that he's one of the, you know, he's among maybe four receivers that are the most productive at at his point of his career as of right now, even, or you know, something to that effect. I, I don't know the number. He did, he did come into the NFL super young. Yeah, I very remember young, that. But I mean, his first four seasons, I mean, the, pr- the production, even though it didn't seem like it, it really, it really is pretty amazing. Yeah, okay. So, so, last, so the, one, the year I'm thinking of is the 48 catches to 680 yards and seven touchdowns. And that, was that was awful. That was 2017. I mean, the touchdowns helped a little bit. But before that, 83 for 1,100 in his rookie year, 72 for 1,000. Which is, by the way, those are both outstanding, that's outstanding for a rookie. Right, and then last year, 75 for just over 1,000 with seven touchdowns. Okay, how, so, many of those, how, often was he, how long was he in Dallas last year? I mean, he got traded um, partway through the year. That, that I don't know, but I can tell you that he only had 22 catches in Oakland. He had 53 catches in Dallas. Yeah, I thought it was like week five, six, or seven or something. All right, so, okay, I think you've changed my mind on Amari Cooper then. Um, let's move on and, and uh, talk about Josh Jacobs because he was uh, going off the board next at the 308 to Rich Lane as his number one running back. Sam Lane goes running back, running back, running back to start with on Johnson going with Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook. Stephon Diggs, Marlon Mack, and Sony Michelle to wrap up round three. Let's move on to round four here with Derrick Henry kicking things off to Wells and Trice as their number three running back. Brandon Cooks to Davis Maddock as his number three wide receiver. Leonard Fournette falls ha ha all the way to the 403 tonight, which is crazy. Uh, Devontae Freeman, Sam Lane going running back, running back, running back, running back. Remember, you can start four running backs in this format with the dual flex. So Devontae Freeman is his number four running back. That is a loaded backfield. Philip Lindsay coming off the board to Rich Lane as the uh, um, 405 pick tonight. Julian Edelman and Robert Woods to Taglier and Schlisher, respectively. Kenyon Drake to Gary Davenport as his number two running back. Then DJ Moore is Reed and Connors' number one receiver here. Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback off the board. No surprise there. He goes to Graham Barfield at the 410. OJ Howard at the 411. And then OJ Howard's real life teammate, Chris Godwin, at the 412 as the number two receiver to Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch. A uh, bit of a rainbow round for, for the first time tonight as, as we see a quarterback go off the board. Any picks you want to talk about there specifically, Dave, before I bring one up to you? Uh, in round three or four? R- round four. Round four. 
Unless there's one you wanted to talk about in three that we didn't hit on. Sorry. Um, uh, go ahead. I'm, I'm sure there's some. Uh, there's a few things I want to talk okay, about. Okay, let's talk about Kenyon Drake. I feel like we've talked about Gary Davenport every single one of his picks tonight, but we're going to continue with that as Kenyon Drake goes off the board at the 409 uh, to Gary Davenport. It's weird because Drake, um, some would say, was underutilized by Adam Gase last year. Uh, he was a polarizing guy in drafts last season as well. And now he gets a brand-new coach, brand-new offense down there in Miami. Kenyon Drake, your thoughts on him and, and where you think he finishes among running backs here in 2019, Dave? You know, I kind of like Kenyon Drake, actually. He's a pass-catching back. He got rid of Frank Gore. So, I mean, Gore was the one who was, you know, taking all of his touches, and Gase was just terrible. Uh, I don't mind him. I mean, the, the only thing you could get concerned about is how many touchdowns are they going to score. But if you have Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, it might be, it might be more than you think. You know what I mean? It really – it, there might be some improvement here, and Drake is kind of a wild card, and you're getting him in the fourth round. He could be, he could, could be an RB one. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, no, it's definitely possible. I could see that. Uh, you're uh, one of your favorites uh, for dynasty. I know you like him for redraft uh, quite a bit as well. DJ Moore to Jay Reed and Scott Connor. Even in uh, you know a, a format where the tight ends uh, get pushed up a little bit, I think that Moore is a good pick right there at the uh, at the four, uh, 409, Dave, um, as we look at Reed and Connor finally starting to bolster their receiving core with their number one receiver being the number one receiver for Carolina. I'm glad you brought up D.J. Moore. I like, I, like, I like the idea of owning D.J. Moore. I do not like the idea of owning D.J. Moore as my wide receiver one. Now, they can't really control that because they took Aaron Jones in the third round. And I guess I quite – I mean, who might have questioned their pick, but I'm going to do it anyway – that's, that's sort of what people expect us to do on this show, <laughs> but if rightly got, or wrongly. Yeah, you got Kamara, and you got Joe Mixon. You got this super great start at running back. So why – I guess I, I question the reason to go with Aaron Jones in the third round when you could have taken Amari Cooper, Thielen, or whomever, um, or Stephon Diggs. And then now, now look at your team. If you had, let's say, Cooper, DJ Moore, and Galladay, or Diggs, or Thielen, DJ Moore, and Galladay, I would just feel a lot better about that. I mean, Aaron Jones is a fine running back. I'm sure he'll be decent. But really, I, I feel like your receivers would just be so much better, and your team itself would be better with, with you got rid of Aaron Jones for receiver in that third round. Could Aaron Jones be a number one running back this year, top 12 guy? I mean, it's possible, but he doesn't have the pass-catching chops, and he's got Jamal Williams to deal with as a third down back. He's not as good in pass protection. So I think, it, I think it's tougher. I think it's really tougher for Aaron Jones to do that. Uh, I like Aaron Jones this year, but he's also ended the last two years on IR with knee injuries. That's yeah. no bueno. I also like Aaron Jones, too, but, yeah, I think that – anyway. We'll get, get, when we talk about there. the team construction, we'll get into that, of what, what could have been. Now, the other thing that we need to watch for is, is um, Graham Barfield's team here at the three-spot, Dave, because we always talk about it. It's so tough to, to form, you know, balanced, dominant, explosive teams when you go early tight end and early quarterback. You know, you can usually go one or the other, um, but it's tough to do it with both. He gets Kittle and Mahomes here. Uh, we'll see what he does at backs and receivers over the next five or six rounds to sort of uh, fill in those uh, areas that, uh, of need that he will have. But certainly he will have the best quarterback, or he should have the best quarterback, and clearly a top three tight end as well. Let's get into the fifth round here. Alex Dunlap kicking things off with Evan Ingram as the number five tight end off the board at the 501. Calvin Ridley as Ryan Poole's number three receiver. He goes at the 502, followed by Mark Ingram to Graham Barfield's squad from NFL.com. Mark Ingram, his second running back. They have a new scenario, a new surrounding, a new environment for Mark Ingram as he heads north from New Orleans to Baltimore to play behind Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. 
<laughs> a little bit of a difference there. Uh, Mark, Mark Ingram starting running back for the Baltimore Ravens. You like him at the 503 there, given what, what we plan on seeing from him in 2019? I do like Mark Ingram, actually. Uh, Ingram's a, you know, back to pass-catching backs. He's a back that actually can catch passes. He just wasn't asked to do it very much in New Orleans. He's a three-down back. So you're getting a three-down back on a team with a good defense, a running quarterback that's going to confuse defenses as well. They're, you know, they're going to be running all that – you know, the, they're going to be doing the triple option, all that stuff. I, really, I think Ingram's going to have a pretty fine year. And who's going to be the third down back? Justice Hill? Is that what they're I – don't, I don't think so. I don't even think he's that good of a oh, pass catcher. Oh, you don't think he will be the third down back? I don't think he's all that great of a pass catcher. Okay. Actually. He's very fast. He's fast. Yeah. I don't think he's actually shown the chops to catch passes. I think Ingram is the three down back there. That could be huge then if you're getting a three down back in a run dominant offense. With a good in, defense. With a good defense in you're the fifth round. Fields occasion. I think the Ingram's a fine pick. Yeah. Okay. So good job by Graham Barfield there. Already filling no tracks at running back and receiver like we knew he would. <laughs> Kenny Galladay at the 504 to Reed and Connor. Tyler Lockett off the board to Gary Davenport. And once again, we're talking about Gary's pick here, Dave. Tyler Lockett, <laughs> no, no, no Doug Baldwin in Seattle, probably their number one receiver uh, there this year. And uh, you look at what Lockett could be, again, in a run-dominant offense, but Russell Wilson throwing the ball to him. 505 makes sense to you? You know, I, I just have a thing about Lockett. I just, I, I just I can't get behind him, and I know that he's probably a good value. Um, he's just not a guy I, I like to care, I care to draft. I, he's a kind of, you know, doesn't get enough volume of targets. Um, he was, he's relying on touchdowns, it yes. seems like. And uh, so, I, I don't know, I just, he's just not for me. And it's okay. He might be very good for someone. I get it. Uh, Tariq Cohen right off uh, the board after that at the 506 to Kimmer Schlisher as her number two running back. Hunter Henry will be the starting tight end for Mike Taglier from Fantasy Pros as he gets him at the 507. Three running backs off the board right after that. It is James White to Rich Lane. It is Chris Carson to Sam Lane. And then David Montgomery to Steve Hutcherson and Lou Tranquilly. Do you have a favorite running back pick among that trio there? White to Lane. Carson to Lane, Montgomery, not to Lane, but to Hutcherson and Tranquilly, Dave. Oh, yeah, James White's my favorite pick. I mean, he was a top 10 back last year. He's you know, a great pass-catching player. Uh, Sony Michelle's got knee issues. I wouldn't, I'm not a Sony Michelle fan, so I probably wouldn't be drafting him at all. I know you have Damian Harris, but he's still a rookie. I think James White just retains that role yeah. and uh, catches a ton of passes. And, you know, I think he's a top 15, top, top 18 back. I was actually talking with a uh, noted uh, big, big high-stakes uh, player, a guy who's won a lot of money. I'm not going to reveal it um, right now. I'll tell you off air. But uh, we were talking about this. Um, well, I don't – because if, if he told me – if I should have asked him, like, hey, can I talk about this conversation tonight on the show? And if he would have said yes, I would have said, well, this, it was, this is who it was. Um, but he was talking about how James White, like when, when the rubber meets the road, that's, that's sort of been the Patriots' go-to guy. But, you know, not every game, but by and large, he, he usually has a huge part of the uh, game plan. The other thing he noted to me in the drafts that he's been doing, he said, you know, there's not a ton of news coming out about David Montgomery. I mean, there's certain things coming out about him, but he's really rising up draft boards more than I would have expected him to, given the, the little information that we're getting. And, and he has been climbing. David Montgomery, as far as uh, FFPC best balls over the last three days, is currently going on average at the 502. He's gone as high as the 402. Uh, but, I, you know, I look at Montgomery, Tariq Cohen's still there. And I thought, I was, I was a little surprised, I thought Montgomery would go ahead of Cohen tonight. Kimmer Schlisher had the opportunity to take either one, and she went Cohen. That's interesting. Well, you know, Cohen has a defined role. Now, the question is, is Cohen's role going to be diminished by Montgomery? But I think betting against the rookie taking, taking 
I don't know if you'd want to say snaps or touches away from Tariq Cohen. is It's probably better to bet on Cohen, I would say, than on a rookie. Okay. There's, a, there's just a lot more that can go wrong. I mean, Montgomery, all of a sudden, if he gets Trubisky blasted in week two or three of preseason on some pass block assignment, it's like, all right, well, so much for that, right? Yeah. There's all, <laughs> and there's all sorts of stuff that can go wrong with this guy. Uh, just, you know, you've got like Ronald Jones last year. He had a, just a god-awful year, and we thought heading into preseason, this guy, hey, good value pick, good pick. No, he wasn't. We are, we are entering the um... – the bottom of the first hour of the program tonight, Dave, and this is this is special to me because as <laughs> yes. it's, is it by Budweiser? No, no, no. It's oh. special to me because as we speak right now, Dave, I am in a dynasty draft that oh. is that is going off without me there because I'm broadcasting the show. Which is so. By the way, the fact that they have a live dynasty draft right. is so stupid. Okay. Well, I'm, listen, no comment on that. It is what it is. And now here's the interesting thing. No offense, Farrell. I had the 101. Mm-hmm. In that, it, okay. And I was talking with you and some other people about that girly deal, you know, girly or the 101. Wasn't I talking to you about this where I had the opportunity? It was like a package, but basically it was girly for the 101. You, oh, yeah, you would get girly? I would get girly. Right. So here's what I did I offered the 101 for Todd Gurley to the same guy, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he accepted it or not. You don't know yet? I have no idea. So, like, now this, this adds to the intrigue here of, like, what just happened to this dynasty draft? Can't you look it up? I could, but I'm focused on this right now. So I'll find out after the show. So you're going to talk about it. You're not going to I'll look talk it about it tomorrow. No, but you're talking about it on the show. Well, because the people are living the moment with me now. Except that you're not sharing anything with Well, because I don't know. Now they don't know either. This is what's so exciting about it. No, it's it. not. It's, they're, they're, your stories have no end. It's like watching a you – know, just like you know, the, 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 the player, you didn't even reveal the player's name. You should look this up and tell people. What, when, what player? The player the, who the, – The conversation? The James White player, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'll tell you off here. See? I, I, but I don't end, want – listen, no end this guy's story. won a ton of money. He's been on this show. He's been on the road of his high-stakes lowdown. You can get your – your magnifying glasses out, internet detectives, and figure out who it was. Um, but it doesn't really help all that. Well, it, it helps a little bit. <laughs> I'll talk to him, and if if it's cool, if he's cool with it, um, I will who I will cares? say it. I don't even care who he is. Mike Williams and Jarvis Landry round out round five. Uh, you are listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. For those of you who are listening for the very first time, I want to remind you that we, last we air we air year round. Uh, Friday nights at 10, 9 central right here on blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF. We have a live chat room. Always invite the conversation uh, from you guys. We have a different high stakes player on every single week. Always good to talk to them. Get the feel of the high stakes landscape uh, each and every week. And then you can always get the podcast later on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio. Spreaker? Spreaker. Oh, Spreaker is my favorite. Podbean and Overcast (laughs) as well. Podbean. Uh, Yes, indeed. (laughs) as As I look up what happened, Dave, um, uh, let's get into the sixth round here. So Cooper Cup goes off the board at the 601 to Wells and Trice. Now Cooper Cup is coming off this torn ACL. My, I'm a little concerned that he might not be Cooper Cup for the first half of the year. I think he just might be lowercase Cooper Cup. Uh, would that, knowing that or believing that or having that mentality, would that shy you away from Cooper Cup in the sixth round when you could have had other receivers like Robbie Anderson, Allen Robinson, or Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I would have taken Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd myself over Cup. But and because I, I do fear that Cup, I mean, he was he he had really fast three cone three cone time, not the fastest forty time. Uh, but if he's missing some of that explosion, some of that you know back and forth and running routes that way, the, the way he was he was just no, he's an outstanding player. I think he will come back eventually. I just don't know if it's going to be this year. I, I don't need to take that risk when Tyler Boyd is a perfectly healthy good player and. Uh, he, he was like a you know, wide receiver 15 last year or something like that. So I'll be happy to take Tyler Boyd. And he was just as productive when, when A.J. Green was on the field last year, if not more so. 
So do you? I mean, do you envision a good end to the season for Cooper Cup? I mean, maybe, but I mean, look at the risk you're taking with Cup. I mean, Cup, you still have you have to worry about that he's back healthy from his injury. Now you have to spread targets around with Brandon Cooks and with uh, Robert Woods, and you now have Daryl Henderson, this new guy coming in, possibly playing some third downs. You still have Gurley to deal with, and uh, even Gerald Everett's not too bad. So I mean, you know, how many targets is Cup going to get when he has to share with all those different people? Versus Tyler Boyd, I mean, Mixon does catch passes, but not not a crazy amount. The tight end position has Tyler Eifert, who's hurt all the time, and he's, you know, who knows where he's going to be. And A.J. Green is seemingly getting hurt pretty frequently. I, I just like Boyd a lot more in that situation, those, between those two. He did not accept the trade offer. Josh Jacobs is a member of my team. <laughs> all right. So there hey, thanks for telling the story, no, Bucky. No dangling, no dangling <laughs> participle happy. on this show anymore. <laughs> no hanging gerund or whatever it is. Uh, Daryl Henderson goes at the 11.02 to Davis Maddock. Uh, Jared Cook. Uh, the uh, 6.02. At the at six, yeah, 6.02. Huh? This little little early to get this loopy, but we are. <laughs> We're all good. Jared Cook at the 6.03. Tyler Boyd as the number one receiver to Sam Lane after he starts off with five straight running backs. We'll talk about his team coming up in the second hour of the show. Andrew Luck is the number two quarterback off the board to Rich Lane, followed by Allen Robinson at the 6.06 tonight to Mike Taglier. That is his number three receiver. The number three running back to Kim Rischlisher, it is Rashad Penny behind Bell and Cohen. Deshaun Watson is the third quarterback coming off the board tonight as he goes at the 6.08 to Gary Davenport. We will not talk about Deshaun Watson there, so Gary gets a little respite here from us uh, uh, analyzing his team. Vance McDonald uh, to Reed and Connor here at the 6.09, followed by Robbie Anderson to Graham Barfield, Tevin Coleman to Ryan Poole, and Alshon Jeffrey to Alex Dunlap as his number three receiver. Jeffries, right on. Alshon Jeffries, excuse me. (laughs) Let's talk about Tevin Coleman's, uh, who goes off uh, the board at the 6'11", Dave, to uh, Ryan Poole. How do you sort of handicap that 49ers running back situation there this year with, you know, Coleman and McKinnon and Breida? I think it's probably those those are the three big names there that we can talk about. Is it it a three-way split? Is there any guy that, that you see stepping forward to take the reins of that backfield, or is it going to be frustration for fantasy owners all season? Well, it sounds like the the team loves Tevin Coleman, uh, so I, I think that that's the player to be taking. Uh, you know, by the way, I had I had a conversation about Tevin Coleman with a noted high stakes player. I can't reveal his name. He owns half of the FFPC though, and it's not me, so <laughs> I, I don't want to say who it is. But uh, and he's Russian. Thanks, Russian. Yes. He lives in Manhattan. So, uh, no, you could say, Dave. You can say it was me. That's that's totally fine. I, I'm 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 not listen. I'm not trying to hide from anybody on this show. So you can tell him it was me. All right. So I was talking to Alex, and so we, I he brought up Tevin Coleman. And he asked me what I thought of him. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I didn't really give him much of a commitment on his end. But he he really likes Tevin Coleman, and he said, you know, how he's a really explosive back, pass catching player. Uh, you know, he doesn't he doesn't believe much in Breida or McKinnon. Uh, the team really likes him. And so, I don't know, I, I, I'm getting a little bit more on board with Tevin Coleman, but he's not a guy I'm specifically targeting. But when you look at other players in that range, Coleman does have, it seems to me, like a little bit more upside than a lot of them. Um, they already had McKinnon. They already had Breida. They still went out and paid Tevin Coleman. Again, not a ton of money, but this is a guy that had familiarity working with Kyle Shanahan. So they went out and got their guys. Congratulations to them. And uh, it certainly seems like he might be the early favorite there. Um, Tupacker, our good buddy, chiming in from the uh, chat room. So I had a great uh, weekend sort of with Tupacker running into him at uh, Rock USA, checking out Disturbed and Marilyn Manson and Five Finger Death Punch. It was awesome. Uh, he's chiming in. He wants to know, who's team two? Tell him congrats on the sex, early favorite to win. 
he loves Ryan Poole's team, Dave, uh, at the two spot. So we'll remember that when we start analyzing construction. I love, I like his construction. Uh, I think. Not he, a big fan of the players. No, no. I'm not, well, I mean, I'm not even looking at the players, so to speak. I like his construction. I like Davis Maddox construction. Uh-huh. And uh, so far, probably the, and the cameras is cameras. First of all, as you note the teams, the guys, the guys and girls that are taking receivers early and maybe, uh, you know, not all the running backs, not like, you know, Sam Lane, no offense, taking five straight backs, those are the teams I like. I like the ones that are more wide receiver heavy than uh, the ones that are running back heavy. So, I mean, when you look at uh, – yeah, I guess back to procedure worldwide. You have Barkley at the two pick, Evans, Keenan Allen. And then I think he waits a little bit on, at tight end, but he takes O.J. Howard, so he still gets one of the top six tight ends, gets Ridley, gets Coleman, then he gets Kirk in the seventh round. So now he's got four good receive, four really good receivers. He's got Howard, a top six tight end. And he's got, you know, Barkley, which is fantastic, and a good second running back. I mean, that is a really solid start to a draft experts team the way I would like to draft it. Darius Geis is the first player off the board here at the 701 through roster watches Alex Dunlap. This is a guy that I think fantasy owners should probably get a good handle on. And, I, I, again, I don't want to speak for the Dizzle. He is the patron saint of fantasy football. But my guess is when I ask him about Redskins running backs, he's going to say he's worried about Geis and Adrian Peterson. He's starting to like more and more. Yeah, you know, in a, in a best ball format, I like the idea of taking Geist. Just make sure you grab Peterson. Like, I would I would grab Peterson at the end of the ninth round, or what is it, the start of the – maybe the end of, end of the tenth round, maybe? Is that where he's going? Where's Peterson going? I can tell you right Peterson, now. Peterson, I've seen him in some drafts. He goes – some people take him in, like, the seventh or eighth round. He goes up high sometimes. Uh, 12.03, Dave, is where he is going. And I can tell you, to your point, over the last three days, he has gone as high as the 7.05. See, isn't that crazy? Yeah. He goes super high sometimes. So anyway, if I was if I took Geis, I would for sure try and grab Peterson at the. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't pay the nine oh one, but I would definitely pay the ten twelve eleven oh one price if I was Dunlop and take him you know fifteen picks early. Uh, so Geis is not a player that that you and I are, are necessarily very excited about. I don't know how many shares I'm going to end up with him this year, um, but certainly not a ton. Christian Kirk, you kind of already alluded to with Ryan Poole taking him at the seven oh two. Lamar Miller to Graham Barfield is his number three running back there out of Houston. Reed and Connor, that's Jay Reed, that's Scott Connor. They go back to back tight ends here in the sixth and seventh round, pairing David and Joku here with Vance McDonald. Sammy Watkins, the number three receiver drafted by Gary Davenport from Bleacher Report. Eric Ebron to Kimra Schlischer as her starting tight end, followed by the starting quarterback from Mike Taglier's squad from Fantasy Pros. It is one Aaron Rodgers. Will Fuller uh, off the board to Rich Lane, followed by Royce Freeman and Latavius Murray to Sam Lane, and then Hutcherson and uh, Tranquilly, respectively. Uh, Dave, I, I got it. You know, this is probably one that you're excited about here, and we'll get into it in a little bit. I don't know if I've seen him go this high, but it is Kyler Murray as the number five quarterback off the board tonight. Davis Maddock takes him. I know you were already a fan of Davis's team prior to this, uh, but he gets Kyler Murray as the fifth quarterback off the board, his starter, and then rounding things out in the seventh round, it is Austin Eckler to Troy Wells and Nick Trice as their number four running back. But let's talk about this because – I love the guts. It's, it, I think it's great. When, when have you seen a draft this year where Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray were separated by three picks? I know it's, it's something else. I mean, Murray has so much upside. He really, he really does, even as a rookie. And he's got a super high floor as well. And I, I just feel like Murray is a nice, solid pick. That said, you know, you're taking in front of, you know, Baker Mayfield, the player who is a fantastic rookie and has got a super, you know, he's got a fantastic supporting cast, uh, cast as well. And then you, you know, you're talking about players like Russell Wilson and Big Ben. 
uh, they're going to go like a round or two or three later. And uh, it just gets a little bit nuts. But I mean, you know, Murray could be that much of a game changer. Um, and that's, that's why people are taking that early. Speaking of game changers, let's take another phone call here from the 908. It is the high stakes fantasy football hour, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. And who are we talking that's to? That's Jersey. Jersey, baby. What's going on, gentlemen? <laughs> How's it going? Who are we talking Jersey. to? That's Lou Tranquilly. <laughs> Lou. You didn't know that that was Lou's no, voice? No, I did not. No, I, th- I was expecting Lou to prank me somehow. The dulcet tones, yeah, of, the dulcet tones of, of Lou Tranquilly. Absolutely. Uh, Lou, let's well, talk about uh, how this is, has shaped up for you. And, and Steve here from the 10 spot, has it gone according to plan? I, I, I know you're not going to tell me you're disgusted with your team, uh, but certainly <laughs> you've got a lot of players on here you really like. Well, uh, Eric, actually, I just threw up all over myself, so you were wrong about that. I totally disgusted. No, that's <laughs> oh, Steve no. and I live and learn. <laughs> You've got Steve over here as well. He's all he's he's dialed in from California, and uh, you know we're we're discussing picks back and forth, having a good time with it. Thought it was really interesting watching uh, uh, Sam Lane, uh, who, if you haven't heard, won the Scott Fish Bowl last year. Uh, he will let you know um, that he that he's done so. Go with <laughs> five running backs in a row. Uh, yeah, so uh, that that was interesting, and. Then, admittedly very surprising to end up with Leonard Fournette in the fourth round. And I, I'm certainly he has his detractors this year, but, but that seemed like a heck of a good deal that uh, Steve and I couldn't pass. That's up. a, that's a bargain Fournette in the fourth bulky. Yeah, I totally, I mean, were you guys, had you looked, I mean, were you considering him at the third uh, in the third round when you took digs and, and then when he came back around, it was just a no brainer. Good question. Of course. Yeah. Well, uh, what happened and I've, I've got the draft board up here is we discussed, the running backs available uh, and said, okay, just in, in doing the numbers, somebody looked pretty decent coming back at us. Uh, did not think Fournette would be the guy, but, you know, looking at uh, Marlon Mack sitting there, Derek Henry, Fournette, and not expecting a ton of catches out of him, of course, but, but even a guy like Devonta Freeman was, was there and it made the, it made the digs pick, uh, pick that much easier. Yeah, that's a nice start. And those first four picks, four, first four rounds of picks are great. We're talking with Lou Tranquilly, one half of Team t- Team Ten tonight, drafting along with uh, Steve Hutcherson. I got to ask you this, Lou. When you, you you know, I know you've done these best ball drafts before. Do you typically, uh, I mean, do you start try to target receivers early? Because I know that's what you did tonight. Was that just a case of, well, this is where we're picking from, and these are the players that 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 are going to be there for us? Do you like starting with with you know three receivers to start off a twenty-eight round best ball? If I'm starting with Julio Jones, Tyree Kill, and Stefan Diggs, and I like starting with three wide receivers, yes. Uh, that, <laughs> That's right. That, that is uh, the bottom line because now it's a backfill kind of thing uh, the rest of the way. And in, in doing it this way, and, and Steve is with me. I don't know if he's muted himself, but, uh, but in discussing it with, with Steve, it just logically fell in that direction. Uh, and now, now it comes down to something, uh, I think, in, in all these drafts, is a weakness on your roster. Uh, so we have to, we have to backfill uh, running backs a bit because, obviously, uh, Fournette in the fourth, but then Montgomery is a rookie and uh, like, like the opportunity and everything. And uh, Latavius Murray is just more or less a really high upside second guy. So it, it, we got to backfill somewhere, and that's why the tight ends, uh, we hopefully went – uh, with some strength there as well. Now, Lou, you know, you, you used to, you're the former owner of BFD fantasy football. And I remember, <laughs> uh, by the way, 
Lo- loved the site. It was great. You did a great job with it. I mean, obviously Thanks. your other jobs kind of took precedence. Um, but, you know, there was one year, I think, that you were doing a, a best ball or whatever we called it back then, draft experts, draft masters, whatever. And uh, it turned out that your your website was called BF No D for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> because I think you got stuck. Can you tell us about that? What, what happened there? There was a defense issue, I think. Oh, wait, wait. I think the connection's getting bad. I think I might have to go. Um, so, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> yes, it's true. BF no D. Uh, it, it, you know, it's legendary. <laughs> so that I'm so glad that we did not draft the defense because the league conspired against us to, uh, to draft all of them, and, uh, and we didn't end up with them. I, we did not end up with the defense, which is, you know, just inexcusable. I will say this. <laughs> we did. We did not finish in last place in that league. Oh, that's great. Right, there you go. That's that, that was a 14-teamer, I think, though, to give you, to give you full credit, it, right? Yeah, it, it was a disaster is what it was. And I was admittedly, <laughs> don't we all have disasters as fantasy football players? So that was mine. That Absolutely. was mine. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. I think that's great. <laughs> awesome. It's legendary. It's legendary, and we still talk about yeah, it now, so it's fantastic. Yeah, Steve, I'm gonna let. I don't know if you. I I, I don't know if uh, if you if you're. I'll let Lou handle this question, Steve. If if you muted yourself, but I'm curious. I look at the tight ends here that you have, Jared Cook and Austin Hooper. I'm curious, uh, were these two tight ends that you had targeted that you guys had talked about acquiring? Uh, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth round area, or were these just players that you're like. Oh, the, the screaming values here. We got to grab these guys, given that nobody else has tight ends um, on our end of the board. Go ahead, Steve. You got that question? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, we had uh, <laughs> we had uh, figured those were the two we'd really like to get, and they fell to us just perfectly. You guys I mean, I like them for, for sure. I mean, yeah, yep. we did. Yeah, it came through uh, just fine. I, you know, Jared Cook is coming off a, a huge year, and certainly you don't like paying past your stats, but I don't think you guys did that in the sixth round. And Austin Hooper is a guy I've drafted a couple of places already. They're up now. Coming off a 70-catch-plus uh, season. Okay, guys, you're on the clock here in the ninth round. What are you guys thinking? What, who's the pick going to be? Well, Steve, so we're, we're looking at uh, you've got uh, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, uh, I don't think uh, – Curtis uh, Curtis Samuel has gone. I was busy yapping with uh, Dave and Eric here, so we'll, we'll do this live. <laughs> uh, Marquez Valdez Cantling, who we talked about, uh, and you've got. Go ahead. Anderson gone. I'm sorry. Is Robbie Anderson gone? Long gone, buddy. Okay. <laughs> you got D.D. Westbrook. So it's probably going to be a receiver here, is is what we're thinking. You're you're hearing. <laughs> Westbrook. There you go. You heard it live. D.D. Westbrook. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook is the pick. There you go. All right, guys. This, this has been fun. Uh, Lou and Steve, I'm going to let you get back to it. Thanks so much for chiming in. Good luck the rest of the way, fellas. Yeah, appreciate it. Take it easy, guys. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Lou Tranquilli, Steve Hutcherson, drafting out of the 10 spot tonight. FFPC Joes and uh, uh, longtime uh, high-stakes players. Certainly like uh, taking having them uh, take us on a spin through their mind here uh, on the clock here in the ninth round. Now, we left off in the eighth. I'm going to kick things off with that. Baker Mayfield was the first pick at the 801 to Wells and Trice. Jalen Samuels, a Gerzak favorite, right, to, to Davis Maddock. Dave, wait, it's like Davis and you are using the same cheat sheet, Dave. Uh, yeah, we're pals, man. Apparently, yeah. Austin. Which is good because he can be vicious on Twitter, so there won't be any, <laughs> any mean tweets or anything. Austin Hooper at the 803, followed by a slew 
of receivers. And you know what happens when there is a slew of receivers. I'm going to ask Dave which one was his favorite pick here. Corey Davis to Sam Lane, Marvin Jones to Rich Lane, Dante Pettis to Mike Taglier, or Sterling Shepard to Kimra Schlisher. Oh, man. Um, probably I, Corey Davis. I, you know what's funny is, like, I like Davis. But I think my favorite might have been Pettis. Really? Yeah. I, I, you know, he's picking up a lot of steam. I think for me, I've reached the point of Corey Davis, Dave, where I'm just, I, I'm done expecting things from him. And whatever I get, I think I own him. It's still in two dynasties, and you know, nobody is trading me a dry fart for him right now. But Corey Davis right now, to, to me, is uh, persona non grata on, on my <laughs> rosters. And this is uh, a guy that I'm, I'm just not, not excited about. But Dante Pettis is on the upswing. Healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that's why I like him there. Uh, I'm not a huge Marvin Jones guy in, in a, what's supposedly going to be a heavy run team. And then, you know, Sterling Shepard, is he the number one over Golden Tate? Is, is, is Tate the number one over Shepard? Either way, it's Eli Manning and um, Daniel Jones throwing it to him, and they still got Saquon Barkley there as well. So I'm not super thrilled with that. Uh, but I think I think Pettis is, is is the guy I like best. Why did you pick Davis? Well, you know, I agree with your points on everyone except you know Dante Pettis. He's played 12 games last year, had 27 catches for 460 yards or whatever, and five touchdowns. To me, that's just not that great. And I, so I just he's six one, one ninety five. Supposedly gained, he's beefed up a little bit this year. I guess I just needed to see more as a rookie. And Corey Davis, he's had you know, he's had his ups and downs, but he was actually kind of productive last year. And uh, so I guess, I mean, granted, he was the first one taken. So, you know, Kimra, Mike, and Richard didn't even they have might, They might have had that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I guess I'm just not as high on Pettis as, as, as probably you are. I actually didn't mind with Curtis Samuel and Kiki QT picks uh, shortly thereafter either. I like both those guys. Okay. Well, well let's uh, – don't get ahead I'm of it. Sorry, I'm sorry. You know, I'm just – I've only been doing this for how long now? Let's try to uphold the uh, – the mirage that we actually do a decent podcast here, and now that's out the window. Miles Sanders to Gary Davenport here in the eighth round, followed by uh, Matt Ryan to Reed and Connor. Curtis Samuel, as we heard uh, from Lou and, and Steve, uh, Curtis Samuel off the board to Graham Barfield here. Jameis Winston uh, is the uh, third quarterback chosen in the eighth round as he goes to Ryan Poole and Kiki QT as uh, – Dave, spoiler, Gerzak just told you. Uh, QT goes at the 8-12 as the number four receiver for Alex Dunlap. You know, the great thing about QT is we, we know he can catch a lot of passes. Uh, we also know he has a penchant for the trainer's table. But in best ball, like, I don't want to say injuries are, are mitigated, but I, I think to a certain degree, they at least I don't care about him as much as I do in a normal um, a redraft format. So QT in the eighth round, I think you're on board with that too, Dave. I am, and I mean, it's funny because I just Dante Pettis and QT had 28 receptions for 287 yards and one touchdown, not including the playoffs, um, but he only played six games. He was injured a lot, uh, but he really, he was productive. I mean, I think during the playoffs, he had an 11 for a 100 and a touchdown yeah. game or something like that. He's pretty heavily targeted, and Will Fuller, I just, I, I'm not, I'm just not a Will Fuller guy. I like QT more than, than Fuller. Let's get back to, uh, we're, excuse me, we will get back to the ninth round action here, but I want to go back to the phone lines here and take a caller from the 614. You are on the air on the HSFF Hour with Dave and Balky. Who is this? Hey, guys. It's uh, Scott Connor, Reed and Connor. Uh, Scott, welcome back to these airways. Thrilled to have you back on. So let's talk about this here uh, as you and Jay are drafting from the fourth spot uh, tonight. Give us your impression uh, on the draft thus far as we're rough about a third of the way through. Well, uh, I think 
at least for our team, everything's gone as planned so far. The only thing that's kind of uh, gone a little bit wonky was uh, the receivers have really flown off the board in this draft a lot faster than uh, we've seen them in a lot of the football guys' drafts this summer. So that kind of uh, took away some of this. This is right in the range where we were hoping to hit some receivers, but that kind of uh, threw a wrench in that plan. But other than that, uh, I think we've executed our team as we planned. I know uh, you guys were a little critical of the Aaron Jones pick, but I think we've executed our strategy <laughs> thus far to how we want. So, And it looks like we're on the clock right now. You, yeah, yeah, well, sure. so, so, yeah, let's do that. This is this is your 10-09 pick. You've just gone Matt Ryan and Carson West. Take back the full time quarter. if you want. Who cares what everybody right. else is doing? Exactly. Tell us, uh, bring us into your mind here and what you guys are thinking. Well, there's a running back out there that you already mentioned in this podcast that um, is a freak of nature, and I think that may be the way that we're going. Jay is really manning the board, probably doing seven or eight different things right now, so props to him. He's kind of letting <laughs> me call in and uh, do our thing. But I think that's where we're going to go. I think we're going to go Adrian Peterson with this pick, and uh, hopefully he delivers us at least some early season value. Oh, and you're going to ruin Alex Dunlop's draft. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, like Dunlap's over there. Damn it, come he on, guys. Man, come yeah. on. <laughs> We heard you mention that earlier. You, you, no, no, we're targeting him in the tent. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, there you go. So, well, well, listen, it, it, it still worked out that you got him. Um, can you, so, you know, Dave and I both kind of said we liked Aaron Jones. Can you tell us a little bit about why you, you know, you had the opportunity to go with a different receiver or tight end or whoever you wanted in the third round, but you made sure that you started with three straight running backs and tell us why Aaron Jones was that third running back that you liked there. Well, so we were deciding between Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette, and our plan was always to take a running back in the third round because that seems to be a sweet spot where a lot of those uh, running back twos go. Uh, We actually didn't expect to get Joe Mixon at the 209. So, you know, if we would have known that, uh, we may have changed our plan a little bit. But, you know, we were thinking Aaron Jones was going to be there. Probably would have preferred – uh, to take Damian Williams, but he hasn't been falling to that spot. So it was Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette. I really love Aaron Jones. I think he's a great player. It's really like you guys mentioned, he just needs to stay healthy. Uh, I like the offense that he's tied to. And so I'm, I'm more confident that I think he has a little bit higher upside than Leonard Fournette, especially in the passing game. But again, he has to stay healthy. So we were surprised to see Mixon at the 209 though. We were, we were thinking that was going to probably be a receiver. So that, uh, that kind of uh, threw us for a little bit of a loop, but I'm glad to get that value. I love Mixon too. Yeah, yeah no, no question. Great value there for Joe Mixon uh, at, at the 209. You're uh, hearing from uh, Scott Connor, one half of the duo drafting from the four spot tonight here in the FFPC pros versus Joe's. It's Jay Reed as his co-manager running the board, as Scott so eloquently put it. Um, and I'm looking at your draft now. You have three, you know, you start off with three running backs. You just grab Peter's. You went McDonald and Njoku at tight end. You went Ryan and Wentz at quarterback. I'm betting that over the next uh, 10 rounds or so, there's going to be a lot of yellow stickers, a lot of receivers uh, showing up for you on your uh, on your roster. Right, Scott? Absolutely. I think that's one thing that you can tell just looking at our board and also looking at just the landscape right now in fantasy. Receiver is the one position in these best ball drafts that seemingly doesn't run out. You know, we've practiced quite a bit doing other best ball drafts this summer, and it's been – you know, we're finding decent value, at least players we know are going to be on the field in round 25, 26, 27. And you can't say the same thing about running backs. A lot of times the running backs that are going to take in there are they're guys that haven't even won roster spots yet. So that's our plan. We're going to have to really bail out and get some, some quantity at receivers to try to round out this squad. But this is what we executed or what we wanted to execute thus far. So I'm happy with it. 
Scott, you know, I, I, go ahead, say, I have to agree with you on that point. A lot, you know, you take a lot of, not you, but people take a lot of these running backs in rounds 25 to 28. What they're really doing is they're drafting the 25-round teams because, like, these guys all get cut. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're terrible. Yeah. I mean, they're, there's no good. But you're right. There are receivers. I won't mention them now because you guys, I'm sure you guys have them on your radar. But, I mean, there's plenty of guys that are getting <laughs> they're out there, like, 90% of the time they're being drafted at, you know, post-round 23. Uh, well, let's uh, have you. Uh, we'll, we'll say goodbye right after this. But who's the pick right here? As you guys are on the clock here at the eleven oh four, Scott. Kicker. Well, there was uh, two players that were off the board, and um, both of them are actually still there that we discussed. So I will, if Jay can hear me and he's listening, I will let him make the pick. I believe <laughs> it's going to be between Anthony Miller and Tyrell Williams. So I will let him decide which one oh, okay. he wants to take. Oh, this is this right. is great. This, so even even one half of the team doesn't know who the pick is going to be. So we're going to be revealing Tyrell. This. It, it is Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams. Williams. So there you go. I love that. Love yeah. it. That's a really great pick. Scott, listen. Thanks so much for for calling in. Always appreciate to hear from from, uh, from you. And good luck drafting in all your drafts. And and good luck trying to win that half million in the uh, FFPC main event this year, man. Thank you very much. Uh, see you guys in six weeks in Vegas. Thanks for having me. Uh, Beautiful. So Can't great. wait. Scott Connor, ladies and gentlemen, of uh, one half of Reed and Connor here, By drafted way, from the four spot. Are there still spots available in the main event, Balky? I believe there are, Dave. <laughs> and if you... Is it really $500,000? It, it is first? a $500,000 grand That's prize. That's a record. The, uh, the prize pool is well over $3 million this year. And if you were to get in the FFPC main event, say tonight or tomorrow, you will actually get your draft spot July 29th. That means you will know when you are drafting in August or September, whenever it is, you'll know on July 29th what spot you're going to be drafting from. Very cool, very exciting, very awesome. Uh, let's get into the ninth round here, Dave. We left off with QT at the 8-12. Ronald Jones goes to Alex Dunlap here at the 9-01. Followed by Mark Andrews, the number two tight end for Ryan Poole here at the 9-02. Andrews has been climbing, hasn't he? He has been indeed. Um, and there's still there, there's a lot of uh, Hunter Hearst people out there, or Hayden Hearst, excuse me, Hunter Hearst, that's the wrestler. <laughs> but there's a lot of Hayden Hearst people that, that they that uh, that they would uh, say that they'd rather have Hearst than Andrews. Um, and we we don't really that's not me. We don't really know who that's you know who the guy is going to be in Baltimore yet. I, I, I it seems like it's going to be Andrews, but we don't know. But I mean, okay, to, to diverge here, so All right. uh, Hunter Hearst Henry, whatever the hell his name is, he has a finishing move as the pedigree. <laughs> Double H, but he gained weight this offseason, and the rumor was that he gained weight in order to become more of a blocker, right. that Andrews is the receiving tight end. And Andrews has been the hype guy. I mean, he's talked, they were talking about how great he's looked this offseason. So, I mean, I think reading the tea leaves, as fantasy owners are prone to do, that's why he's really moved up. And I think that's why Hayden Hurst is, is going way, way later. And, and I will say this, too. There, there has been no question of who, which one the FPC players prefer, uh, by and large. Mark Andrews going on average at the 10.01. Hurst not going until the 22-11 in FFPC. And basketball. you don't even see people – you don't see people protecting Andrews with Hurst. They're just like, eh, no, Yeah, yeah, that, that's totally accurate as well. Uh, Geronimo Allison. Geronimo, 903 to Graham Barfield. Carson Wentz, as we already mentioned, to Reed and Connor. Golden Tate to Gary Davenport as his number four receiver. Jordan Howard and Jarek McKinnon, two guys that were drafted much higher last year. Uh, than they were this year. Jordan Howard to Kimmer Schlisher, Jarek McKinnon to Mike Tagliere. And then three receivers, Larry Fitzgerald to Rich Lane, Cortland Sutton to Sam Lane, and D.D. Westbrook, as you heard that pick, live on the air to Hutcherson and Tranquilly. Kyle Rudolph to Davis Maddock at the 9-11, followed by John Brown. 
to Troy Wells and Nick Trice, the FFPC Joes drafting out of the 12 hole. Uh, moving on, let's uh, talk about the 10th round here as Wells and Trice kick things off with Trey Burton, Marquez Valdez-Scantling to Davis Maddock, Dion Lewis, the running back out of Tennessee to Hutcherson and Tranquilly, followed by James Washington, the third straight receiver drafted by Sam Lane, the 2018 Scott Fishbowl champion. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he gets Washington there as his number four receiver, the third one he has drafted in, the row, in a row after he started off this draft with five straight running backs. Cam Newton is uh, off the board as he is backing up Andrew Luck uh, for Rich Lane there. Damian Harris, the rookie from New England, goes to Mike Taglier in the, at the uh, 10.06. Russell Wilson right after that. Followed by Kareem Hunt to Gary Davenport. Um, he is not, no, he's not the Nick Chubb owner. We'll get into that in a second. Adrian Peterson, you heard Reed and Connor take him. Deshaun Jackson to Graham Barfield. Drew Brees to uh, Ryan Poole as his backup quarterback, and then Deontay Foreman as the fifth running back off the board to Alex Dunlap. So let's talk about this Kareem Hunt pick who goes in the 10th round. David, if you had Nick, are you looking to also acquire Kareem Hunt, or would you more be looking to acquire nobody or a different Browns running back? <laughs> Trying to put this as tactfully as I possibly can. Um, to answer your question about Kareem Hunt, I guess I'm just not super interested in Kareem Hunt. I mean, I just... He's gone weeks one through eight plus the bye week or whatever, whatever that is. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, and, and he's supposed to deal with Nick Chubb. So you're drafting a player in the 10th round. And so like, look at the player who got drafted right after Kareem Hunt, Adrian Peterson. He's the starting running back for the Redskins. And they talk about guys who gets drafted before him having to supplant Peterson. Guys is coming off an injury. Then you have other players like Ito Smith, who's going to have a role. Peyton Barber who is technically the starter for the, you know, for the Buccaneers. So I just, I, for me, I'm, I'm off the Kareem Hunt train. Even the, um, you know, even the 11th, well, I'm not going to get into these further picks. I'm sorry. Okay, no, that's not good. That's perfect. This is, you know, by, by podcast number five or six, Bulky, I should have this figured out. <laughs> Just in time to be done. Which, which actually we'll be doing, remember, we're doing a seventh, not a seventh pros versus Joe's, but we're going to be covering a football guy's draft live. Oh, those on, are more fun. On the air. Um, these are still really fun. Um, football guy's more, draft. More fun's not the right word. So over the next two weeks, we'll be covering seven live drafts on here. You will get your fill, no question. It's just, they're more, they're inter- that, that one's interesting because everyone paid 350 bucks to get it. So right. It's, it's, it's a money And they're draft. going for a $250,000 grand prize as well. Yep. Um, all right. So what do, we, what do we finish there? The 10th round, let's kick things off with the 11th round here. Ito Smith to Alex Dunn. Now, he is loading up on those running backs. Through 11 rounds, he has six running backs on his team. Peyton Barber to Ryan Poole. Uh, then Delaney Walker as the second tight end drafted by Graham Barfield to pair with his George Kittle. Tyrell Williams to Reed and Connor. LaShawn McCoy, ostensibly the starter in Buffalo, Dave. He, or, or, or a free agent, if you listen he, to the news. Yes, he, he falls all the way to the 1105. Um, let's talk about what your thoughts are, because, yes, he could get cut but I would imagine that somebody else would pick him up. Uh, but he could also be starting. So I'm, I'm curious as, as to if you were Gary Davenport there and you're seeing, you're looking at McCoy, you're kind of liking him. Is that a play, Is that a player you want to be in business with at that spot? Um, I'm not already sure. having four running backs, right? Uh, on his team. One, two, three. Yeah. I already had four. If I had the team that he had, I would have not, I would have not had a problem taking McCoy there because, but then that's because I didn't really like Miles Sanders or Kareem Hunt. So I would have wanted another running back. So I mean, no offense to Gary, I just don't like Miles Sanders. I don't really like Kareem Hunt all that much. I don't really like McCoy all that much either. But you know, he's worth a shot. I mean, why not? 
Nikhil Harry to Kim Schlisher. Uh, Anthony Miller goes off the board to Mike Taglier right after that. Jack Doyle, the second tight end, drafted by Rich Lane, the second tight end to be selected in the 11th round. Dak Prescott to Sam Lane. Chris Thompson, Washington running back to Hutcherson and Tranquilly. Lamar Jackson backing up Kyler Murray for Davis Maddock. And then Devin Funches, the number four receiver, excuse me, number five receiver, drafted by Wells and Trice. Let's talk about uh, Davis Maddock's quarterbacks here, Dave. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and it cost him a seventh and eleventh round picks. Hey man, I like it. What, what else can I say? Uh, well, I was I was curious as to like because you would they're I mean, schematically very similar players. Right? Yes, and they're also prone to big explosive blowups too, which is what you're sort of looking for in basketball. Well, and again, and they're running quarterbacks. So these two players, because they get rushing yards, are highly light. It's very unlikely that they're going to score less than 18 points a game, you know, 17, 18 points a game, even if they have a bad game. So I, I just, I feel like Lamar Jackson is going to take that next step. I think Murray is actually a better, more of a pro-ready quarterback. He had much better uh, accuracy numbers coming out of college than Lamar Jackson, yards per attempt and all that stuff. So I like, I love his quarterbacks, actually. Do you remember the last time a rookie quarterback was being drafted this high in, in no. high-stakes drafts? No, I mean, if you remember when Cam came out, Cam was like a 19th round Right. Was like, ah, Cam. And he was starting from, from week one. From, right? Yeah, from yeah. day one, he was getting drafted in the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th rounds, and no one took him, no one talked about him. And he was, just, he was like QB4 or something as a rookie, whatever it was. Yeah. It was insane. It was nuts. And uh, Kyler Murray, we might be looking at something very, very similar. It's possible. Do you think he keeps rising up boards, or where does he settle in eventually, especially when you get to main event drafts? I, you know, I, I can't. I don't. I don't Sky's you know, for, the limit? I don't think he's going to rise up much higher than this. Okay. I mean, for, but for main event, because you're looking for more, you know, variance, uh, Murray is a high variance player. I think he's, you know, versus Russell Wilson, who's a really great, great, great fantasy quarterback. He's a little bit boring in comparison. If you're looking yeah, at right. someone yeah. in the 500K, he's a boring 350 points a year or whatever it is, you know? So um, anyway, the quarterback position is super deep this year, um, but you still, you still want to get, Elite you know, guys. You know, you know, yeah, you do want to get good players. I, I, I think I'm a big believer in drafting two or possibly three quarterbacks between rounds seven and 12 and getting all your quarterbacks knocked out. Because I guess you're, if your third quarterback is Andy Dalton, it's fine as long as your other two are really good. But you don't want to get below like the Andy Dalton range, in my opinion. Uh, let's move on here. And, and the other, there was one other thing. Oh, yeah, before we move on, I want to talk about Kyler Murray. Going on average in FFPC best balls, again, over the last three days, big thanks to Fantasy Mojo, uh, Darren Armani, who will be drafting in this competition, defending his league title. Puts all this great ADP together uh, right on his website, fantasymojo.com. Kyler Murray, 808. He's gone as high as the 708. He's going off the board as QB7 on average. That is Kyler Murray. Let's move on to the 12th round. TJ Hawkinson leads things off as the number two tight end, selected by Wells and Trice there, the FFPC Joes, followed by the ever-speedy Justice Hill, who... Uh, was not fast enough to get higher than a 1202 pick uh, tonight <laughs> as he goes off the board to Davis There's Maddox. No justice. Naheem Hines right after that to Hutcherson and Tranquilly. Noah Fant to Sam Lane, followed by Kalen Bellage to Rich Lane. A couple of quarterbacks here for you. Jared Goff to Mike Tagliere, Mitchell Trubisky to Cameron Schlisher. That is their backup quarterbacks for both those teams. Chris Herndon will be backing up Travis Kelsey for Gary Davenport's squad, followed by a trio of running backs here. Carlos Hyde. To Reed and Connor at the 1209. The 1210 is Matt Breida. Uh, the 1211 is Prestige Worldwide. That is Ryan Poole taking Duke Johnson. And then Josh Allen rounds out round 12. You still like Josh Allen this year, Dave? 
Yeah, you know, I like him. Why not? I mean, he crushed it the last, what, five, five weeks of the season? Six yeah, five or six weeks. He was the number two quarterback in fantasy and, well, whatever, in fantasy points scored. And I feel like two. They've, they've, they've done uh, – He wasn't a QB2 I mean, bulky. He was the number two. He was the number two quarterback, yeah. He wasn't playing like number two, I'll tell you that. But they give him John Brown this year. Zay Jones is another year older. They add Devin Singletary. I don't know if we can count on it. Who's the, who's the rookie tight end? Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox, yeah. Uh, I don't know how much we can count on him. They get rid of Charles Clay, so big deal. But Josh Allen, a guy, Dave, again, to your point, he uses his legs. And even when he's not playing particularly great from a real football standpoint for fantasy, he's still putting up numbers for you. He is. I mean, it's, it was amazing. I mean, Trubisky is another player that Kimra took. Another quarterback that runs that you don't you're you're like oh Trubisky does he run yeah he runs four or five hundred yards a year yeah uh, something to keep in mind no question um, I'm going to ask you about those trio running backs right there and I don't think no none of those guys were handcuffs for those particular players but Carlos Hyde to Reed and Connor uh, Matt Breida to Graham Barfield and then Duke Johnson to Ryan Poole do you have a favorite out of those three I I know I have mine. You know, I honestly don't like any of the three, but no running backs have been taken since then, spoiler alert. So I really can't say who else <laughs> right. they would have taken after. Um, I think I like Duke Johnson best. Um, I probably will get, grab Carlos Hyde in a couple of leagues this year for the uh, hashtag FOMO aspect, just in case something were to happen to Damian Williams. Um, I think Hyde would uh, definitely play a pretty big role in that uh, Kansas City Chiefs offense, no question. Um, there was one other player that I saw. Oh, I know who it was. Okay, so Sam Lane does not take a tight end and uh, until round 12. No offense is starting tight end. I know that's not ideal. No, that sucks. Okay, so I, my next question was, is that passable for you? And it's no, not, it's not it's passable. It's, it's <laughs> terrible. I mean, again, I'm not trying to rip on it. I'm just saying it's not good. It's just a really bad. He did win the Scott Fishbowl last year, Dave. Oh, that's it's fantastic. But, I mean, because of the way he constructed, you know, he constructed his roster, he left tight end, you know, to, 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 the, to the dust, I don't know, to whatever you would call it, but he's, uh, he's got problems. And uh, as you see tight ends getting taken in FFPC format, you have, even if you haven't done it before, you have to adjust and be like, all right, man, these guys, you're going crazy on them. Uh, take, you've got to take them. Uh, speaking of tight ends, they're going crazy here in round 13 as, as we, uh, we enter that area of the draft. And that's actually a little bit late for best ball. A lot of times you see the, the tight end craziness in 11 right. and 12, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, this, this, it did, the tight ends did fall in this draft. Um, there was one other play I wanted to talk about. If you're cool with moving back to round 11, yeah, go for Nikhil it. Harry to Cameron Schlisher. Yeah. Um, as you, as we sort of handicap this Patriots receiving core, I mean, it's obviously Julian Edelman plays a big part in that. Where, where do Harry and Josh Gordon factor in for you? Uh, yeah. I mean, do, do either of those guys have any redraft cachet? I, you know, I think Nikhil Harry does. I mean, I, I think that, if he can get the, the problem is that very few receivers can get the offense as rookies. But Harry, to me, was the number one receiver coming out this year. As much as I love Andy Isabella, I would have taken Harry ahead of him. Um, but Would you have taken Isabella, too? I actually would have, yeah. Okay. I actually still love Isabella as the number two receiver for this, in this draft. I wonder if I got him in my dynasty draft tonight. <laughs> well, I'm going to look at him right now. If you make him, too, maybe he um, but I think he, I think Harry has a chance to emerge. We don't know if Gordon's going to get unsuspended. It seems like he, you know, a lot, a couple of shrewd fantasy players I know are taking Gordon in these various rounds, and uh, uh, so maybe Gordon is coming back. I'm not sure, but I think Harry's a solid pick there for sure. I have noticed uh, him him climbing uh, for for whatever it's worth. Um, in Gordon, uh, yeah, Gordon, and in, in in football guys drafts too, by the way, not just best balls. Thirteenth uh, round is now complete. Uh, let's talk about it. Ben Roth. 
Roethlisberger as the uh, second quarterback for Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch. He uh, goes quarterback, quarterback uh, for his starters here in rounds 12 and 13. Boy, if that's not an Eric Balkman move, I don't know what is. Dallas Goddard. At the end, like that. I love doing that. Don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go quarterback, quarterback. Well, whatever side you're on, yeah. Uh, Dallas Goddard off the board uh, to uh, Ryan Poole here at the uh, 13.02. That's his number three tight end. If I'm looking at this correct, Dave, I believe he was the, yep, he was the first team to draft three tight ends here in the 13th round. Andy Isabella. Uh, to Graham Barfield from NFL.com, followed by another tight end. It's Jordan Reed going to Reed and Connor as their number three tight end. Phillip Rivers backing up Deshaun Watson for Gary Davenport from BleacherReport.com. A couple of, of uh, great tight ends from years past as we uh, as we <laughs> from days gone we by. cue the flashback music. <laughs> Greg Olson to Cameron Schlisher and Jimmy Graham to Mike Tagliere. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, speaking of old, Tom Brady right after that to Rich as his number three quarterback. Wow, look, at those, so, look at those quarterbacks. So what do you make of that? Tom Brady love it. as his number three. So he's got three quarterbacks on his team after round 13. Right, exactly. Now you take a look at our friend Lou and Steve over in Team 10, and they blew it. They took Naheem <laughs> Hines in the 12th round. They could have taken Jared Goff. I don't, I, think, I don't think they blew it. They blew it. They, they should, should have said they took, take Jared Goff in the 12th round. Instead, they take Naheem Hines. What do you need him for? He's run your sixth, sixth running back. And, and they could have had Goff, Cousins, and then they maybe could have taken Carr. I don't think that's a mistake. It, it is. Okay. Who call back in? You made a mistake. <laughs> we're we're going to get to a caller in a second here. <laughs> Michael Gallup to Sam Lane, Kirk Cousins to Steve Hutcherson, Chase Edmonds you know, to Davis Maddock with the penultimate pick of round 13, and then DK Metcalf to Wells and Trice. Dave, the pros versus Joes is a hallowed, it's a special thing, and people want to win this. And sometimes they will go to extremes, and they will often scout the previous pros versus Joes teams before they draft and i believe our next caller uh who I, I have on the air right now is doing just that he is scouting things out in preparation for his draft tomorrow who's on the air with david balky right now on the hsff hour hey balky this is danny mueller i'm not drafting danny tonight. Mueller, hey. I'm drafting tomorrow night no he he is, he is indeed drafting tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. He's getting all the information he can. Uh, his uh, co-manager, Jeremy Roach, is, is in the, uh, dra- on the uh, Blog Talk Radio chat room right now. Uh, you guys are soaking things up. So, okay, so, Danny, did your, your thoughts as we are getting ready to close out round 14. We've talked about how the receivers went high. We've talked about how the tight ends fell a little bit. Uh, any thoughts or, or impressions, uh, anything you want to talk about from your observations through about one half of the draft tonight? Well, I, I've been through these pros and versus Joes many times. And one thing I've learned is each draft is different. It's kind of like a cross between, you know, I do a lot of best balls. So there's best ball drafting, there's redraft drafting, and there's pros versus Joes, which is somewhere in between. You know, the, <laughs> you know, I, I can look at this, board tonight and you know the way the quarterbacks are falling is really funky compared they're not following best ball rules best ball rules after baker Mayfield goes you should see straight red for two rounds <laughs> because no one wants to have eli manning as their exactly. two quarterback and here they've just Except spread for out more like a redraft and uh and, uh, and i've been in best balls where guys got caught like lou here with the uh, actually worse quarterbacks than he did but you know the so it, you know, tomorrow night this could go totally different. It's just they may be starting. I may, we may have uh, 
or two rounds of quarterbacks at round five. Who knows? So uh, who can expect – I'm drafting from the one that Damian Williams is going to fall there. Who would have thought Joe Mixon would fall to the 2-9? I mean, there's – you know, it, this kind of reminds me a lot of Vegas because people will reach and uh, – actually, this is kind of a tame – Pros versus Joes compared to some of them I've seen in the past. They're drafting all pretty good. So, but y'all kind of kind of got me going with Kyler Murray since I'm a Sooner fan. I've seen every snap Kyler Murray has made, every snap Baker Mayfield has made. They're 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 dogs. Don't draft them. Pass them up. Leave them for me. <laughs> Sage words yeah. from uh, from Danny Miller tonight, uh, ladies. You're and a liar. You've uh, you you heard it here first. Avoid Murray, avoid Mayfield. From the guy who watched him the most in college, no question there. Um, have you ever started? No. No. Uh, I want to talk about Sam Lane's draft with you, Danny. Here, as he uh, as he starts off with five straight running backs. Have you ever seen anything like that happen before? Have you ever participated in 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 doing anything like that before? Not myself. No, there there is a guy that's in a lot of best balls. He will draft six straight running backs, three to four quarterbacks in a row, two tight ends, then bang receivers the rest of the way. And just does that every draft. <laughs> it's just nuts. And Do you, I think it's the same guy that was in the big dogs a few years ago that did that. Do you, do you remember so, who that was, Dave? Off, offhand? No? Okay. No. no, okay, that's fine. Listen, um, Danny, I, 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 I really appreciate you calling in. I do want to ask you, um, as we move forward here in, uh, in round 15, do you have, um, like, a, a, I don't want to say roster construction, but do you have sort of a set framework in mind of, of knowing what your team will roughly look like 10 rounds in, 20 rounds in, or are you, is best player available really taking over um, what, what you want to do when you're drafting, be it a pros versus Joe's, or just any 28-round best ball? Well, there's a variety of different ways to people strategize. I've seen them do the heavy running back. I've seen them do balanced drafting. Uh, I've settled into a style this year that I'll probably follow tomorrow night. It looks like it'll, it'll work out just based on what this draft's doing and based on other drafts I've seen doing. But, you know, if someone surprisingly falls – and it's somebody like a quarterback. They called a, a, a play to the fullback, and, and they're all stacking their tight. And he goes, "Wow, this guy on the outside of him by covering him. I'm going to audible <laughs> to him." You got to make some, you got to make some adjustments mid fly. So you, you just got to be on your toes all the time and think a round or two ahead of time. Uh, have you have you Dan, Danny? Thing. Are you in, are you in, are are you and Jeremy drafting? Um, are you drafting together tomorrow for pros versus Joe's, or is one of you guys going to be doing it? Uh, I do the best balls. He does more of the redrafts than I do. So that's I got it. I do a lot. I've been doing best balls since March, so so that's kind of my cup of tea. But he, <laughs> he's going to be texting me. I guarantee you, he's going to be texting okay, me. Okay, so. fair enough. Um, well, listen, we we know you're going to. Tomorrow we we can't wait to follow it and, and the action will be here on BlogTalkRadio.com/slash/hsff. Uh, no question. Uh, we always love hearing from you and we'll uh, be checking out to see what you're doing. Okay. Tomorrow, Danny. Thanks so much for calling in. We'll talk to you again soon, man. See you in Kentucky.
You got it. Danny Miller, ladies and gentlemen, uh, one half of the ground and pound franchise in the FFPC, as uh, he will be drafting tomorrow in pros versus Joe's, doing uh, some scouting tonight. I'm trying to think where he is drafting. I believe they have the, <clears throat> excuse me, I believe they have the number one pick tomorrow. So hopefully they'll be wowing us at the turn every single uh, draft pick tomorrow. All right, let's get back into this here. Uh, as we left off at the end of the 13th round, I'm going to kick things off with the 1401, the first of three quarterbacks that were taken uh, here in the 14th round, Jimmy Garoppolo to Troy Wells and Nick Trice. Uh, I, Tyler Eifert uh, goes off the board to Davis Maddock as his number two tight end after that. Derek Carr backing up Kirk Cousins uh, to Hutcherson and uh, Tranquilly, who uh, you already heard that uh, <laughs> comment on that. Uh, Darren Waller is the backup tight end for Sam Lane, as he has Noah Fanton. Darren Waller is his two tight ends thus far after going heavy on the running backs early. Giovanni Bernard and Mike Davis are both a couple of running backs that go off the board to Rich Lane and Tagliere, followed by Matthew Stafford to Kimra Schlisher, Emmanuel Sanders to Gary Davenport. Mike Gesicki is the number four tight end drafted by Reed and Connor here. Gesicki goes at the 409 to Sean Hamilton to Graham Barfield at the four, excuse me, at the 1410. Justin Jackson and Dante Moncrief. Wrapping up the 14th round, uh, Jackson is the uh, backup uh, running back, well, one of the backup running backs uh, to Melvin Gordon for the Chargers right now, obviously, and Dante Moncrief, now a new Pittsburgh Steeler as he moves uh, on there, goes up north from Jacksonville to Pittsburgh. What team is that for Moncrief? Uh, that is uh, Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch. No, I mean, what team, What? how many NFL teams is uh, Moncrief been on now? Is that his third or third, fourth? right? Yeah, because he was, uh, it was at Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and then um, and now Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, that's so you right. don't you don't like him clearly. No, he just keeps moving around. He's next <laughs> next thing is he's gonna be playing for the Argonauts in Toronto. Uh, that's well, you know, I and, think, and, and fair, maybe Farrell can then represent him. Yeah, well, you say that jokingly, but they're I'm not, actually not. Kidding. Okay, so you're being serious about that. Fair enough. Um, we talked to Scott Connor roughly half hour ago on this program, Dave, and I thought we were gonna see a lot of yellow under his team. And uh, we've seen, well, uh, for the purposes of this conversation, we've seen one receiver drafted since then. Which team again? So, uh, Reed and Connor, in, uh, in the 14th round, they had three receivers on their roster. Can this work in the FFPC where you only have to start two receivers a week? Can this be a league-winning strategy when you're trying to win a 2020 FFPC main event? Uh, in my opinion, it's, it's really tough. It's really tough. So you're saying there's a chance. You know, DJ Moore and Gallaudet, they have bye weeks. Tyrell Williams has a bye week. Foster, they all have bye weeks. So, I mean, they, they don't know, get it. You know, the rest of their team is, is really strong. Their tight ends are strong. I, just, I guess I'm questioning the need for Jordan Reed and, and, and just Gisecki. I mean, one of the two is fine. Uh, but, you know, they need receivers. And I know that they love some late ones, but, I mean, they're going to have to draft a lot of late ones. Well, they're going to have the opportunity to because they loaded up Excuse me, on tight ends and running backs here too. So it's just, it's just not that often that I see receivers that are you know drafted at receiver number sixty to like number ninety, right? right. And that's kind of where we're into the range of at this point. We're getting the how often do those guys become WR threes or even you know WR fours or WR twos almost never, right? It's right. Just, it's very very tough to 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 move up from being that you know drafted seventieth to being like a number thirty three or something like that. Dave, my dynasty update. I got TJ Hawkinson. All right, so the, wait, actually, at, let's do this. So at the 201. So the 101, you got Jacobs. Yeah. You got Hawk at the 201. Yeah. Mistake. 
whatever. 301 <laughs> was uh, Alexander Madison. That's not bad. And the 401, uh, a guy I didn't realize I liked, <laughs> Corey Clement <laughs> made it on my roster there. So he is uh, – and then I can't, I can't remember who – else went, but I know I've gotten Braxton Berrios and Kelvin Harmon. Yeah, as well. Berrios, yeah. all right. So there you go. That's funny. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. I think that's the last time I'm talking about this dynasty team the rest of the night. Good idea. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah, Hawkinson's not a bad, you know, not bad. No, that's what I said. You're the one who said it was a bad pick. Well, I'm just saying, obviously, Murray or Isabella are both better picks. They were both gone. Oh, crap. Uh, do you want me to bring it up right now? Yes, bring it up. I just said this is the last time I was going to talk about it, and then... I- you cannot tell me that Isabella no, and no, Murray no. were both gone before pick two. I absolutely will tell you that because it's the truth, Dave. All right, hey, hey, let me. You know, maybe you're right. I'll tell you. No, I'll uh, listen. I'll look it up. Do you have the draft board in front of you? Can, can you take the listeners to the fifteenth round, starting with Ian Thomas there? Oh sure. Ian Thomas went to Alex Dunlap. 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 <laughs> I'm already screwing up. Dunlap is a tennis ball. Uh, Alex Dunlap. Uh, then Paris Campbell goes to Prestige Worldwide with the fifteen oh two pick. Sam Darnold is the QB2 for Graham Barfield behind Patrick Mahomes. He figured he could wait, and he was probably correct. Uh, Robert Foster is the number four wide receiver for two greats for the game, Jay Reed and Scott. Uh, the fifth pick of the 15th round, Devin Singletary. That's actually an interesting pick by Davenport because he pairs Singletary with uh, Shady McCoy, so that's actually kind of a shrewd move there. Uh, kudos to you, Gary. Nice job. Uh, Kimra with Jamal Williams. Uh, she did not. Not, does not own Aaron Jones. That's too great for the game, did. Uh, but anyway, she gets the backup to Jones, pass catcher, and Jamal Williams. Devontae Parker, he's got a little bit of hype. Uh, this is, what is this, fifth-year breakout we're looking for here by Mike Leary. Uh, Trey Kwon Smith, the 15-weight pick. Albert Wilson coming off the injury at 15.09. Kenny Stills, another Miami wide receiver at the 15.10. Alexander Madison, Balky's 3.01 rookie pick in his wonderful dynasty league, goes to Davis Maddock at 15.11. And Marquise Brown finishes the 15th round, the number one receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. Is that right, Bobby? That is correct, Dave. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was looking at this up. Okay, so in this dynasty draft tonight, <laughs> what are you still talking about? Andy Isabella at the 110. Holy smokes. Kyler Murray at the 111. Oh, my God, you got screwed, Baltimore. Well, but whatever, when T.J. Hawkinson is crushing it in six years. You know, in, in truth, though, Hawkinson is a really nice pick. I mean, he... I actually don't mind Hawkinson. We could even talk about him, but I don't mind him. At, you know, Team 12 took him in the uh, 11th, uh, the start of the 12th round, 12-01. I don't mind Hawkinson for redraft. I think he's definitely the most pro-ready player. He's going to be out there 90% of the snaps. And uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't love him as my uh, tight end, too, but I wouldn't totally hate it either. Uh, I also got Hunter Renfro. And then the uh... – Dude, actually, Hunter Renfro, I, I really like him, to yeah. be honest with you. Well, we'll see. Then my... I, I like him in best ball in, like, the 27th round. Then my cue ran out and uh, acquired Luminaries – you guessed it, such as Nick Foles, Case Keenum, and Austin Safarian Jenkins. <laughs> so that is the last time we'll comment on that uh, rookie draft tonight. What do you okay. think of Renfro? Well, I mean, he was in my queue, so clearly I like him. You know what? Okay, this is, this is not fantasy analysis at all. You know why I kind of like him? I'll tell you why I like Well, there's no reasons. But go ahead. He's, he's joined a club I'm a member of called the Receding Hairline Club. <laughs> and I feel like to, to see him do some of the things athletically that he does is, is – is very exciting to us balding gentlemen, and um, I, I think that was part of the reason that that he made it in there. You know, we'll see. I mean, he's he's a long shot for any kind of um, value this year. And I just quite quite honestly going for it. Now, I, what what are you expecting from Hunter Renfro in 2019? I expect he's going to be the slot receiver. I think he's going to do pretty well. Really? Yeah. 
Over, like, what would you set the over/under for catches? If I said it was at fifty, what would you say? Uh, that's 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 a pretty good number. I mean, but I, I know what would you say? Over or under? I'll, you know, for five bucks, I'll say over. <laughs> All right, so I, Hunter Renfro <laughs> under really dicey, but... under fifty catches in twenty nineteen. I got five on it. I got five. I got you you want to win on fifty? Yeah, I should win on. 50. All right, so we'll set at forty nine and a half. All right, thanks a lot. Yeah, I'm feeling generous Wait, tonight. Mike Mayock. Thing he said about Renfro is he was pissed because he ran a four five nine forty at the combine. He was pissed because it was too fast. Oh really? Yeah, he thought it was gonna be slower. He wanted to. He, he thought he would get more under the radar. That's funny. So he, they love Renfro. Yeah, apparently over there. All right, uh, Dave. That is um, you. Thank you for by the way for taking us through the fifteenth round. I'm gonna get us I'm through. Glad the, to give you that five bucks. Thank. Th- yeah. Okay. We're gonna get through the sixteenth round here, and then I think we're gonna go to some team construction uh, analysis uh, as we enter the last uh, twenty nine minutes of the show. Uh, Ted Ginn at the 16.01. Marcus Mariota is the number three quarterback here for Davis Madden. Uh, Darwin Thompson off the board right after that. He goes to Hutcherson and Tranquilly. Uh, Andy Dalton, the uh, what do they call him, the red rifle? Uh, he goes as the backup quarterback for Sam Lane's team. Bears are the first defense off the board. They go to Rich Lane tonight. Uh, Jason Witten and Gerald Everett, a pair of tight ends, go right after that, followed by a trio of receivers. It is Adam Humphreys. Jamison Crowder and Marquise Goodwin hey, go ahead at, at the sixteen oh eight, sixteen oh nine, and sixteen ten. Can we call Adam Humphreys? Can we call him Adam Humphrey? Adam Humphrey, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. and then we'll call him Jeffries. That'll be funny. Perfect. Right? Greg Zerlines uh, goes to the uh, go, goes at the sixteen uh, eleven tonight to Prestige Worldwide's. That is Ryan Pools. And, you want to do it for everything. And Tony's Pollard's uh, goes as the final You're pick ruining it. of the sixteenth round to uh, Alex Dunlap and Roster Watch. Okay. So that is going to conclude the pick-by-pick coverage. Dave and I, I always like to do uh, for the uninitiated. We like to go through team-by-team team and kind of talk about what, what we like, what we don't like, what the problems are going to be, what the strengths are for each of these teams. And we'll start things off with Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch. The uh, running backs are Christian McCaffrey, Damian Williams, Darius Geis, Ronald Jones, Deontay Foreman, Ito Smith, and Tony Pollard. The receivers are Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Alshon Jeffrey, Kiki Cutie, Dante Moncrief, and Debo Samuel. Tight ends, Evan Ingram and Ian Thomas. Quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Ben Roethlisberger. Dave, as I look at this squad, there's a lot of breakout candidates at running back. Uh, running back, excuse me. Um, and there's, <laughs> there's a lot of potential break-a-leg candidates at wide receiver. Uh, guys who have, have maybe struggled with some injuries or getting up there in age. I'm not a fan of the tight end depth uh, on this squad. Quarterbacks, again, you're not going to hear me be too critical about anybody's quarterbacks. But I think there's, 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 there's some potential here, but there's also some problems. Yeah, I mean, my personal opinion is that they, they're great at running back, but it's at the expense of everything else. Because they just – I felt like they kind of overdrafted running back a little bit, just not too much. But I felt like they could have grabbed a little bit more uh, receiver action in the ninth, 10th, 11th round range. And, uh, and then, you know, it kind of hampers them a little bit. And you really need Evan Ingram to, to be the dominant yeah. tight end because Ian Thomas, he's not even a starter on his own team. And so you're, <laughs> For you're, now. <laughs> right, that's true, until week three. Uh, when, uh, or one. <laughs> when Greg Olson just retires and he's like, I can do better than Witten as an announcer. I'm sure he can. Find out that Witten uh, retired and you'll be like, what am I doing up here? I can take his job. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I, I think this team has a chance to compete, but I, I do feel that the receivers – 
the receivers are solid. The starters are solid. But once you get past those first four, then you have problems. Always important when you, when you hit the receivers early to not ignore them, something Dave has uh, championed on this show time and time again. I mean, he didn't, you know, they didn't totally ignore them. Like, you know, QT as a receiver four is good. No, I'm, but I'm saying yeah. after that. No, and you're right. And after that, that's fine. But, I mean, they're so deep at running back that they, they probably will be able to make it work. You can, you can start four running backs in this league, too. Right. So that, that, that probably could work in his favor. It's not a bad team. Really, it's not bad. I mean, they did a good job winning that. Quarterback for sure. Ryan Poole, Prestige Worldwide, former guest of the show. Let's get into his squad. Saquon Barkley, Tevin Coleman, Peyton Barber, Duke Johnson, Justin Jackson, and Jalen Richard. Uh, receivers are Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, uh, Paris Campbell. Tight ends, O.J. Howard, Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard. Quarterbacks are Jameis Winston and Drew Brees. I, I always like to see depth at tight end, and I think he did a really good job here uh, with that. I think running backs are, are solid. Um, it, it, it drops off a little bit after Tevin Coleman, but I still believe Richard's going to catch a few passes this year. I know Duke Johnson's going to catch a few passes. Um, Peyton Barber's the starter until notice in, or further notice in Tampa. Um, I guess the receivers to me, after Evans and Allen, uh, and and Ridley and I guess you could lump Kirk into that to a to a certain extent, but then he only ter- drafts one receiver after round round seven. Um, so you know I I don't know I if if his, if the if the if the core receivers work out, then I really like this team. Well, the core receivers should work out. I mean, you know, Ridley was great as a rookie. Kirk is coming on, so he should be okay there. But again, like you said, they're only, they only has four, and then he had a Paris Campbell, which is really kind of a dart throw at that point. I felt like. Even though he kind of he kind of was punting RB two and then he tried to come back on it and part of the problem with doing with trying to come back on RB two is rounds 11, 12, 14, and seventeen you're gonna get some players but you're just not gonna you're probably not gonna get all the way there so I felt like maybe uh, kind of keeping your lead at receiver would not have been the worst strategy in the world but overall I mean it's, a, it's a definitely a solid team that's gonna compete I just felt like maybe the Duke Johnson pick for Justin Jackson you could have grabbed a couple wideouts there. And still not been too much worse for the wear. And just kind of admitted that you're going to be weak at RB2. Uh, NFL.com's Graham Barfield is picking third tonight. Ezekiel Elliott, Mark Ingram, Lamar Miller, Matt Breida are the running backs. Receivers on this squad are T.Y. Hilton, Robbie Anderson, Chris Samuel, Geronimo Allison, Deshaun Jackson, Andy Isabella, Deshaun Hamilton, and Marquise Goodwin. Tight ends, George Kittle, Delaney Walker, and Ricky Seals-Jones. Quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes and Sam Darnold. Dave, we talked about it. We'd be paying attention to this team. Could he make up for um, drafting an early tight end and an early quarterback? And I think by and large he did. I guess the, the question is the running back depth, but he's got a ton of receivers on this squad. You know, he did, he actually acquitted himself very well with, you know, the start. He did not draft the way I would have drafted at all. Yet, I mean, at least early, the first five rounds. But then he really did come back, and he really pounded those receivers to make up for the fact that Robbie Anderson is kind of his number two. Again, I'm not a big Allison, Deshaun Jackson fan. I love Isabella. So, I mean, maybe I don't like all the receivers that he took, but I like the fact that he took them where he did. He got Lamar Miller as his number three back. He was a starting running back, gets 12 to 15 points a game, so that's solid. So I, I felt like he did a good job by – you know, he did kind of ignore the running back after a while to just keep on pounding receivers. And I think that was really nice. You know, I think Delaney Walker behind Kittle is sweet too. Um, Jay Reed and Scott Connor talked to Scott Connor earlier today. And let's talk about his team now. Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Adrian Peterson, Carlos Hyde at running back. Uh, receivers, DJ Moore, Kenny Galladay, Tyrell Williams, Robert Foster, Jamison Crowder, Antonio Callaway. Tight ends, Vance McDonald, David Njoku, Jordan Reed, and Mike Gesicki. Quarterbacks are Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. Dave, I think this team, as we pointed out before, it's going to live and die by those receivers. I think the running backs are very good. 
I think the tight ends are also very good. Quarterbacks are fine as well. The question is, can you hit on enough receivers to make it worthwhile? Yeah, and you know, we've talked about already, so I don't really have a, tw- a lot much more to add. I mean, they draft all those receivers late there, but I, I don't think that they're going to be enough. I mean, I really don't think they'll make up for having Tyrell Williams as your number three receiver. I think that's a little bit problematic. They're going to be really great at running back, and, uh, you know, quarterbacks are great too. By the way, let me just say, before, I mean, it's early enough in the draft that I will say that anyone that doesn't have three quarterbacks, I will personally, I, I think that's a little bit, I, I, I downgrade teams a little bit that only, that only draft two, two uh, quarterbacks. So maybe you're going to draft a third one at some point, that's fine. But right now I have to look at the only the two that you have, and I'm going to have to say, well, where's the third one? Moving on to Gary Davenport. Bleacher. Instead of drafting kickers, for Christ's sake. Well, right. I'm just saying, you know, people are already drafting kickers. Sorry, it's language. I mean, they're already drafting kickers, but I mean, they really should be drafting another quarterback. Okay. Uh, fair enough, Dave. Gary Davenport. Very animated. BleachReport.com. It's night one. Let's let's save some for for the next couple <laughs> couple weeks here. All right. Uh, Gary Davenport, Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Lashawn McCoy, Devin Singletary, receivers Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, Sammy Watkins, Golden Tate, Emmanuel Sanders, Adam Humphreys, tight ends Travis Kelsey, Chris Herndon. Uh, quarterbacks are Deshaun Watson and Phillip Rivers. Now, Gary Davenport is, uh, is this is an interesting squad because this is super polarizing bulky players. A ton of guys that I would never pick, and then a ton <laughs> of guys that I always pick. Yes, who, which the, ones wouldn't you ever okay, pick? Okay, so like guys that I almost never draft Melvin Gordon, Amari Cooper, Kenyon Drake, Sammy Watkins, um, uh, uh, LaShawn McCoy, and then guys that I've always been drafting here. Travis Kelsey, Tyler Lockett, um, uh, uh, Chris Herndon, Emmanuel Sanders, Adam right. Humphreys. Right. Philip Rivers is another one, too. I always draft. Yeah, you get, you get um, a lot of Rivers. So, it's, it's, it's a, so I, I got to say, like, it's your Jekyll and Hyde team. I kind of like this team, but I kind of hate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, you know, I, I like his tight ends and I like his quarterbacks. I don't like that he doesn't have three of either at this point, And I'm sorry. That's just the case. Uh, I don't like the Miles Sanders pick. I'm not really sure I understand that. I don't like Kareem Hunt. I don't really like McCoy that much. So, I mean, I guess there's players that, that are running back after Gordon and Drake that I'm just not a big fan of. But that's just me personally. It doesn't mean that they can't be successful. It's just my choice. Uh, Sammy Watton, Golden Tate, Lockett, Cooper. That can work out. Yep. Manuel Sanders is kind of an interesting pick, too, especially in a best ball format. He might come back. He's definitely the number one at the, on the team. I mean, you know, Corlin Sutton's going to break out. Maybe, maybe yes, maybe not. And then Humphrey. Is a nice pick, too. Keep forgetting that. Gary Davenport, by the way, he's in my uh, Scott Fishbowl League this year. Oh, nice. Cameron Schlisher picking six tonight. Uh, very successful, very accomplished high-stakes player. Let's see how she did. Le'Veon Bell, Tariq Cohen, Rashad Penny, Jordan Howard, Jamal Williams at running back. Receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Sterling Shepard, Nikhil Harry. Tight ends are Eric Ebron, Greg Olson, and Gerald Everett. Quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Mitchell Trubisky, and Matthew Stafford. Dave, I really like what you did at quarterback. I also am a fan of not not necessarily the players at tight end, but I like her having three tight ends by round 16 here. I think she did a good job on that. Um, running back depth is, is I guess, solid. And, and I think the receivers are maybe not um, – the most spectacular ones in the world, but when you're heading it up with Hopkins and Thielen, num, 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 num. <laughs> All right, take it easy. I think she, I mean, Kim, you can tell Kimra is an excellent drafter, and the reason is that she, she's, got three, she's got three quarterbacks. She's got three tight ends. She sacrificed a little bit of running back depth. She doesn't have like eight running backs, but you know what? Because that's smart. She doesn't have eight wide receivers because she took some 
So she has a really, really well-balanced, solid team. It's a really good team. I, great, great job. Great job by Kimmer. Moving on to Mike Taglier from uh, Fantasy Pros. It is um, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Jarek McKinnon, Damian Harris, Mike Davis at running back. The receivers are A.J. Green, Julian Edelman, Allen Robinson, Dante Pettis, Anthony Miller, Devontae Parker, Mohamed Sanu, and David Moore. Tight ends, Hunter Henry, Jimmy Graham, Jason Witten, and uh, quarterbacks are Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff. Now, despite, I think, if, if we put some sort of age limit on, on tight ends, Dave, where uh, if you draft three tight ends, they, they must be, you know, their, their total ages must be less than 300. I don't think he would fall under that this year. And, and if you include visits to the training room along with that, Hunter Henry uh, certainly is, is, is lumped into that as well. <laughs> but I will say this, um, injuries mitigated a little bit. To get those three tight ends by round 16, I think that's good. I like his quarterbacks. I think um, the, the top two running backs could be very good uh, this year. The depth after that, a little bit questionable. I like his receivers. I think his receivers are underrated. I think we don't talk enough about Pettis, Miller, Devontae Parker, who's been looking good. I mean, you know, maybe that goes away again for the fourth year in a row. Uh, but Mohamed Sanu, I think, is underrated. And David Moore is another guy that has been picking up steam, too. So I kind of like this team. You know, I, I like this team, too, actually. I think he, he spent a little bit more on tight end and a little bit more at quarterback with Henry and Rodgers, but I think it didn't hurt him too much. The one thing that I kind of noticed about Mike's team is I think it's like the all-injury squad. So he's got – I mean, as, as far as career injuries, David Johnson, Gurley, A.J. Green, Edelman, Henry, Allen Robinson, they've all been – through it, you know. Yep. I mean, Jarek McKinnon ACL. Yep. Uh, Dante Pettis. I don't know if he's ever been hurt, but I mean, you know, God bless him. The first nine picks, eight of them have been hurt and really hurt badly. I think Pettis point. had an issue, injury issue at the start of last season. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you play football, you're going to get hurt, right? right. But uh, I do like this team actually. I think it's a pretty solid team. I think the Graham and Witten picks. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in if you either draft young or draft old. So I think you draft old and you get some value with Graham and Witten there. So nice job. You know, it's funny is I used to draft old all the time and I, I, I never like I'd get to the playoffs. And, and then I'd lose because all my guys ran out of steam. You know, they're all collecting social security. I mean, come on. And then I was like, screw how, how it. How true is that? So I'm drafting young after that. And I've been drafting. Now I don't even sniff and, and, the playoffs. And, yeah, now because they don't break out two weeks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's wrong. Uh, Rich Lane is, you heard him on these uh, airwaves a couple weeks ago here. Let's talk about his team, Dave. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Philip Lindsay, James White, Kalen Balaj, Giovanni Bernard at running back. Uh, receivers are Michael Thomas, Will Fuller, Marvin Jones, Larry Fitzgerald, Traquan Smith. Tight ends are Zach Ertz, uh, Jack Doyle, and Cameron Brait. Quarterbacks are Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, and Tom Brady. Davey drafted a lot of players that I, I, I'm, I'm really not big fans of, um, but I will say I, I do like his quarterback core. I think his, his tight ends could work out uh, as well this year. And to get three running backs in the first five rounds. I mean, Jacobs, uh, White, and, and Lindsey, they all should catch passes this year. So I, I, that's a good core. Not my favorite team in this draft. One I could see going to battle with, though. I mean, my personal, if I was drafting this team, Richard, uh, I would have probably kept on punting running back, and he took Jacobs, Lindsey, and White, and then came back in round seven, eight, nine with receivers. That's just, again, it's not kind of the way I would construct a roster. So it's tough for me to like this team because he has a lot of players on it that I would just probably not have taken. I maybe would have alternated back and forth at running back and receiver more early on. You're saying, yeah, anywhere from rounds three to rounds nine, actually, and just okay. kept on, you know, going back and forth a little bit more instead of just pounding them and then going back and hitting receivers. Right. So that's just the way I would have probably approached it. I mean, having a, 
you know, fifth as your wide receiver four isn't terrible, but then you have to count on Will Fuller, Marvin Jones, and that, and that, you know, that it could work out. It really could work out for him. Luck and Ertz are fantastic, though. Of course, having those guys as your uh, anchors are really good. Uh, let's talk about the team that I think the interwebs will be buzzing about tomorrow, if uh, if uh, if history is any guide, and that's Sam Lane from uh, FF Statistics. Uh, what he, he did for the nine spot tonight. All right, here are the running backs. They're they're good. <laughs> yes. Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Carrion Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Chris Carson, Royce Freeman, uh, C.J. Anderson, Dexter Williams. Receivers, Tyler Boyd, Corey Davis, Cortland Sutton, James Washington, Michael Gallup, Albert Wilson, who, by the way, went 104 in the Dynasty League tonight. Um, and then uh, tight ends, Noah Fant, Darren Waller, uh, Dak Prescott, and Andy Dalton at quarterback. Not going to quarrel with the quarterbacks. I do have issue with the tight ends. I, I think for waiting on receivers, he's he's gotten some options there, but um, you know not my fa- not my favorite players in the world there. And he's got the best running backs in the league by far. You know, honestly, considering that he waited so long, he did a nice job. He, he, he did a nice job after the first five running backs in that he hit those receivers and he he did okay. I mean, if you're considering that he's only going to start two, right? Yeah. So he's got Boyd Davis and then Sutton's kind of the backup and. So he did okay there. I mean, the problem is that he did sacrifice tight end. I mean, and sacrificed it badly. If Darren Waller breaks out, you know, he could be okay. I mean, Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton, I mean, it's not great, but I mean, you know, he needs a third. He should really get a third at both still, like I've said before. Um, not the way I would have drafted it, of course, but, you know, it's not the worst. Not the worst. I, I, I have a feeling this is like a fifth or sixth place team that way it's going to kind of work out. Michael Gallup, any breakout potential in Dallas for him this year, for you? For me, no, but I mean, in reality, sure, there's breakout okay. potential. Right. I, I don't, I wouldn't draft him, but I mean, there's a shot. And and you know, you talk about that, and there is breakout potential for Washington, Sutton, and I guess Corey Davis. Tyler Boyd already broke out last year, and that's that's his number one receiver. Um, this will be a fun, entertaining team to watch throughout this season. Yeah, so you know, Gallup, 33 catches, 507 yards, and two touchdowns. Again, not you want you want a little bit more out of the rookie season, in my opinion. Oh, triple those stats, Dave, to project a breakout. And, and all of a sudden, that's perfect. I mean, you look at, seriously, you know, seriously, so you look at Cooper Cup and what he did as a rookie. You look at what Juju did as a rookie. You look at what Cal Early did as a rookie. You look at what DJ Moore did as a rookie. And then you can project all of those players yeah. for breakouts, which two of them did, and two of them, I mean, really already broke out, 10 touchdowns as a rookie. So you have to you have to be productive as a rookie unless you have some extenuating circumstances, and Gallup did not. Right, yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, Steve Hutcherson and uh, Lutri and Quilly, we spoke to them in hour number one of the broadcast tonight. Let's look at their team. Leonard Fournette, David Montgomery, Latavius Murray, Deion Lewis, Chris Thompson, Naheen Himes, uh, Darwin Thompson at running back. Receivers are Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, D.D. Westbrook, Kenny Stills, and Zay Jones. Uh, tight ends are Jared Cook and Austin Hooper, Kirk Cousins, and Derek Carr. The mistakes at quarterback, as <laughs> Dave so eloquently put it. mistake by the league. Earlier, uh, okay. So I, I love you know the fact that you get Fournette in the fourth and Montgomery in the fifth. I really, really like that. Yep. I'm a Latavius Murray guy this year, no question. I like the pass catching chops that you get from running backs uh, Lewis Thompson and Hines in the um, ninth through eleventh rounds. Not a big Westbrook guy, but when you, as Lou said, you know when you start off a draft with Jones, Hill, and Diggs, sign me up for that. I like Kenny Stills late, um, Cook and Hooper. I, I think it's. Okay, I would have liked to see one more tight end go off maybe prior to round 15. I'd really like that core. Uh, but by and large, I, I think these guys did a good job here. I think, that, you know, the running backs and receivers are really good. Really, really strong. I like all, all those picks. 
Cook and Hooper are great. Quarterback we talked about. I think they should have. Naheem Hines is not really going to do much for you. And you take Goff. You take Goff, Cousins, and even take Carr, and I think they would have been in better shape. But if they took Goff and Cousins, right, and then instead of taking Carr, they take Darren Waller or Mike Gusecki, then you're looking at a little – I think that's a little bit better construction. But, I mean, you know, I am picking at Nitz. I mean, the team, they did overall pretty well. Team 11 is Davis Maddock uh, from uh, the Roto Experts. Uh, Marlon Mack, Daryl Henderson, Jalen Samuels, Justice Hill, Chase Edmonds, Alexander Madison. Uh, receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, Mike Williams, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Trey Quinn, and Josh Gordon. Tight ends are Kyle Rudolph and Tyler Eifert. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Marcus Mariota at quarterback. Dave, I love the quarterbacks on this team. Um, I, I think the receivers are awesome uh, as well. I'm not even really concerned too much with the depth there, even though I do like Quinn and Gordon late. Um, and, uh, you know, tight end Rudolph and Eifert, eh, it's getting a little dicey there. But <laughs> but for, for his running backs, I mean, I don't know. Like, you're, if, if Gurley really does have something wrong with them, Henderson's a fine running back too. But if not, who's your number two? Jalen Samuels, Justice Hill, Daryl Henderson. I mean, it's just, it's outside of Marlon Mack, who by the way is no stranger to the, to the trainer's table as well. Um, there, there's some question marks with the backfield there, but I think that's really my only question mark with this team that maybe the tight end depth. You know, I, I, this team is a team I like a lot and it's a high variance team. It's, it's got Juju Beckham cooks, Williams. That's great. MVS Quinn and Gordon. Again, really good. Uh, the, then the running back, what they did, what he did is he took Marlon Mack. That's because his anchor number one running back. And then he just drafted backups that are super high upside backups. Yeah. That's real, I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. It's got Daryl Henderson. So it's like, if Gurley gets hurt, if Connor gets hurt, if Ingram Mark gets Ingram, hurt, yep. if David, David Johnson, Johnson gets hurt, if Dalvin Cook, Cook gets hurt, all yeah. of those guys, one, two, three, four, five. I mean, you cannot tell me in all, all earnestness, right. That none that, of those that guys one are, of those five yeah. is not going to get hurt and not that, and then they still have some standalone value. Henderson and Samuels have standalone value. That's yep. good. I mean, Edmonds, probably not so much. Madison, you don't know because Murray got a lot of touches last year. Right. So I really like how he constructed his RB2 strategy around the rest of his team. His tight ends are a little bit weak, but, I mean, hey, that's, you know, you've got to sacrifice somewhere a little bit. I like this team a lot as a good chance to win the league or win it all or, you know, maybe take 10th. I mean, who knows? I mean, and, you know, and, that's fine. Who gives a crap if you take 10th, 3rd, 5th, 6th? You want to take 1st. 2nd, yeah, whatever. I mean, you're trying to win a main event team for 2020 and compete for um, uh, that half-million-dollar – I'm assuming it would be a half-million grand prize uh, next year. We'll see what happens with that. It'll be a million. Uh, it'll be a million? You heard it here <laughs> first, ladies and gentlemen. If we get bought out by, I don't know, somebody. All right, perfect. So let's get your uh, checkbooks handy. If Bacardi yeah. uh, becomes a half-million-dollar sponsor, uh, have the main event. Okay, then, yeah. I don't know why you're talking about this stuff on on the air um okay it'll never happen all right so let's uh, uh let's get to the final team here tonight and that's troy wells and nick trice uh james connor sony michelle Derek henry austin eckler uh kenneth dixon at running back uh receivers Devonte adams jarvis landry cooper cup john brown devin funches dk metcalf marquise brown ted ginn uh trey burton tj hawkinson are the tight ends baker mayfield jimmy garoppolo Josh Rosen at quarterback. I'm okay with the quarterbacks, uh, Dave. I, I, I'm questioning the tight end depth. I, I don't like TJ Hawkinson as a number two redraft uh, tight end. And, and I already said I did. <laughs> and you did. Okay. And, um, and, oh, I love the receivers. The, the receiving depth on this team is really good. I mean, he, he um, to get Landry in the fifth 
and then still come back with, like, you know, shots in the dark. John Brown, Devin Funches, DK Metcalf, Marquise Brown, Ted Ginn. These are all great best ball receivers, in my opinion. Uh, big play guys that, that can have uh, big-time impacts on your starting lineup. Um, the, um, the running back, I mean, it's Connor Michelle Henry. I think, you know, you're looking at three young guys there that can really shoulder a workload. Eckler as, as your number four and, and Dixon as your five isn't ideal, but to take all those, you know, stabs at receiver, it had to, the sacrifice had to come somewhere and it came in the form of no third tight end and uh, uh, some running back depth questions. Uh, Balky, I just had to delay a draft, so I, I totally lost the draft board. <laughs> so, oh, that's okay. I, so I, I have that's, nothing to no, add. Listen, that's fine. You know, I, I agree with what you just said. Okay. Um, so, so Sorry, Team 12. Well, no, but, okay, talk about Hawkinson here for, for a little bit, and, and I know you, you kind of went in somewhat detail before, but where do you think he finishes among tight end? I mean, is he a top 15 guy this year? Is he top 20 tight end this year? Yeah, I, I think absolutely he's a top 20 tight end. You know what You know what it takes to be a top 20 tight end? Not much. I don't know, just go out there and run around a little bit, and then, you know, on don't accident, get hurt. <laughs> yeah, the ball gets tipped and you catch a few passes. I mean, for God's sakes, you get seven points a game, you're probably a top 20 tight end. Yeah, no. Hawkinson I, is a super elite, taken 10th overall, 9th overall, whatever it was. He was taken very early, and I, I think that he's a fun rejaft player. He's not something you want to count on. But as part of the tight end streaming strategy, I think it makes a lot of sense. Okay, so that sounds fair enough. Uh, and, and that is going to wrap up our uh, coverage of these uh, drafts tonight. Now, we are in, what, round tw- 21. So you can continue following along on the live draft board. Uh, you can check my Twitter feed for that link. I know it's been retweeted a bunch of times. Darren Armani, uh, no question, has that up on his as well. Um, and uh, we'll post these draft boards both on the FFPC Twitter account FFPC uh, forums and FFPC Facebook pages tomorrow. I think the HSFF hour will, uh, and myself probably, we'll, we'll have them all over the place. It, it won't, and people are already posting them, so you won't have any difficulty finding uh, these uh, draft boards tomorrow. All right. I want to thank our uh, guests tonight, Lou Tranquilli, Steve Hutcherson, Scott Connor, and Danny Mueller, all for uh, chiming in. We'll be following uh, what Danny Mueller does with Jeremy Roach tomorrow as they're drafting from the one spot. Uh, I want to thank Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com, who does a great job putting this together. Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, our producer and mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you who are tuning in to watch these and listen to these live drafts that we have for the Pros versus Joes every year. Tomorrow night, it's not about money. League number two. It's going to go off at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to read off just the Joes here real quick. Danny Miller, Jeremy Roach, Mike Sands, Dave Terpoli. Uh, we'll also have Mark, Palm, Mark and Amy Palmer, David Hubbard, Patrick Beasley, Jason Mitchell, Kevin Clues. And it's a loaded. What? How many? How many Joes? Well, are some like, of these, some of these are co-managers. Twenty? No, there's there's some co-managers oh. uh, in here. Uh, this it's loaded. No co-managers. It's loaded for pros tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll it's loaded for Joes. Those Joes are. Well, the Joes are great, but it's loaded for pros. Pros too. are crap. Matt, Matthew Freeman and and Dave Cabin from uh, the Action Network. We're gonna have Justin Boone from the Score. Jeff Manns from Guru Elite. Who's, Dra- just, who's Jeff Manns? I've never <laughs> heard of him. Draft Sharks is uh, Jared Smola will be oh, drafting. He's good. The newlywed uh, footballguys.com, Sigmund Bloom, will be drafting oh, nice. tomorrow as well as, uh, I believe, making his debut in the Pros vs. Joe's. Dave Richard from CBSSports.com oh, cool. is picking out of the 12 spot tomorrow. So awesome stuff. Uh, it's it's going to be great. Hopefully you can join us for that tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. And as we uh, close, I want to remind you that uh, you need to get in on that early draft slot uh, promotion. Find out where you're drafting on July 29th when you sign up prior to tomorrow night 
midnight Pacific time. Get in on that now. Make your Planet Hollywood reservation. Sign up for the main event and uh, all the satellites, best balls, dynasties, um, football guys, players, championship trash we got going on at myffpc.com. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Your weekend officially comes to a close now. What? This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. Hey, what was the uh, what was the wager? It's forty nine and a half catches for Renfro, right? Is that who we bet on? Covered twenty rounds of best ball action. I, I don't Hunter remember. Renfro was the bet we made. I don't remember. Did we really? Yeah. Well, I I thought it was Renfro. I know we made a bet. Was it him or was it somebody I else? I think it was Tyrell Williams actually. It definitely was not Tyrell Williams. That I can tell you. I think it was. Yeah, you know, right. it was Renfro. Hunter Renfro. You heard it here first, and you'll hear it again tomorrow when we Two, come back four, at five, you. Four five nine forty. Is that what it was? Yeah, four, five, nine. That's fast. Let's get into some more Hunter conversation tomorrow <laughs> at 9, 8 Central. Thanks for listening, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.